This podcast is sponsored by Enriched. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, then you'll know that I'm not a big fan of Big Pharma. So I do everything I can to try and stay out of their sickness subscription system. And a key component in my daily arsenal is a dose of what I'm calling the White Basement Lion King Super Stack. First, chugga mushroom, known as the king of mushrooms for a reason. Its potent antioxidant, antiviral, immune-supporting properties make it the most studied medicinal mushroom on earth. And although there can be only one king, the king wears a mane, a lion's mane. Brain-boosting, neuron-sharpening, cognition-enhancing, lion's mane is the perfect partner for King Chaga and the second half of the Lion King Super Stack. For me, it's the perfect start to my day helping me to go hard and go home. Go to enriched.co, that's E-N-R-I-C-H-D.co, and use the discount code WHITEBASEMENTPOD to get a 10% discount site-wide. Start your day like a king. Go to Enriched and grab the Lion King Super Stack now. Yeah, so one of the products has got chili in it. My friend also had a chili allergy. I was on the dance floor, so it's too loud to explain what's in it. I was like, oh, yeah, everyone, everyone sort of knows what it is. And then she's like, what was in that? And I was like, oh, this is the ingredients off. And she's like, yeah, I've got a chili allergy. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, how bad is it? She's like, mild anaphylaxis. And I was like, oh, double fuck. So then I like, sat down with some mates, sprinted across site because I knew I had a bottle of ephedra. And then I actually grabbed um, like an oral syringe just like as a last resort. If by the time I come back and her throat was too tight for her to even swallow it, I'd have just like... Um, given it as a suppository just because it would have just opened up that throat and allowed her to breathe. But by the time I got back, she was just like wheezing quite a lot and not actually um, stopped breathing. So, so yeah, I just she she drank it orally and, and then checked in every 30 seconds with the symptoms, started to go down. And then I was like, okay, cool. Now you're in more s- stable position. Go um, go to go to the paramedics and just, just get double checked out. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the White Basement Podcast. Follow the show on Instagram at White Basement Pod. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And please do share the show, it helps us to grow. My guest today is Karma Campbell, a pioneer in sustainable recreational and herbal medicine. Pharmaceuticals offers alcohol-free herbal elixirs to enhance flavor and well-being sustainably, ethically, and with a community focus. Karma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for that beautiful introduction. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because uh, Ibi, my friend Ibi, who runs uh, my jiu-jitsu club, mm-hmm. um, has been telling me for a while. Yeah. I met this really cool guy, I think, at a festival. Yeah, yeah, Secret Garden Party. Secret Garden Party, yeah, and he bought some of the products, Mm -hmm. and he's been saying to me ever since, I need to get this guy on and and have a chat with him because he's doing some really cool stuff. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, do you want to talk a little bit about your your kind of background, how you got to doing what you're doing? Yeah, for sure, yeah, well, it's a bit of a long, convoluted path, as most people have got, to be honest, Um, but... Uh, I suppose I got, I raised, I was raised in like quite an alternative background. So like lots of hippies, uh, like lived in the traveler community quite a lot when I was growing up. So, um, so yeah, there's like just a lot of recreation going to like free parties from like 
three years upwards and uh, festivals my whole life. So <clears throat> I've just seen like so many paths that people have taken and then the consequences of their actions and then like the almost dichotomy between the two sets of people in that like some some of my mum's mates will like look after themselves really well as well as like rinsing it like themselves their minds their body um like working events and and just like enjoying the recreational things that we do uh and then the other ones that did all of that um but didn't look after themselves and like it is really really easy to see it's like half of them are still running the show they're still running raves festivals um, events of all, all sorts and then the other half are like dealing with like real serious like health conditions a lot of them have died like quite prematurely and um and i suppose like growing up with that is has been an interesting one like you see a lot of highs and lows um but i wouldn't change any of it to be honest um and yeah yeah so like growing up with festivals i'm like coming into my early teens and uh just like having all of the fun possible and like there's no real work there either so so I just get to enjoy everything all of the time and and like as you progress through those teenage years you're like okay now now's the time where I should probably be like contributing to the to the festival in some sort of way like pull my weight at the very least on like the build or doing the decor or something but then um it was actually at Glastonbury Festival was the first time it really clicked that I could um go into like running bars and, and having booze as like a form of income. And uh, actually, funnily enough, was at, at the Stone Circles, it's like the, the place where everyone goes away from the music, away from the crowds, well, most of the crowd. And um, that's where people are gonna just like sit around and get on it into like late into the night. And then there's this period from about like two, no, let's say like four till 6 a.m. where like everyone just starts streaming home and then like me and all my mates are still up there with loads of energy and uh but then obviously like we're running out of stuff like running out of drink for instance and i just do like a lap around the stone circle and i come back with like arms full of like all these different drinks and like they are other people's drinks so i'm sure some people might judge for that but we we, we really enjoyed it uh and then it was after that night um that the festival ends because that was like sunday night then monday morning it's like it's like a bit of a pilgrimage for me and my mates is like going tatting so we just go around the festival looking through the campsites and because glastonbury is such like a beast of a festival it's like miles that people have got to walk from their car and they're they're carting so much stuff like all of their cans of beer for the weekend and everything else on top of that that by the end of the weekend they've they've got like no energy left they've got no will to like bring anything home with them so like there is just like an unimaginable amount of waste at Glastonbury. And, it, and it's got slightly better in the f past few years, but but still it's this huge amount. So like for somebody, um, somebody that's like re resourceful and doesn't always have the money to like buy little bits, it's a nice way to like stock up on like little items. But but then I was I was just, um, just yeah, I had my car on site that, that year. So I was just driving it around from field to field and we were just like loading the whole back half of the car up with booze. And um, and that year I'd also worked on the bins. So I was like loading all the bin bags into the back of the lorry. Um, but what's quite nice about that is that like, anything you find along the way, you can just chuck in the back of the cab. And then like, because when you're, when you're on the litter pick, just picking everything up into bags, which I've done before, um, there's a limit to how much you can carry and still still like do your job and pick up litter. Um, so, so yeah, so, so that was nice because um, I actually found this like little flip up trolley and then using some like wood that I found on site, I built this, essentially like a mobile bar and then I took the car full of booze with the bar to St Paul's Carnival the next weekend in Bristol and then uh yeah I made like a good half a grand from nothing so so I was like well 
that's that's a bit of all right. I could I could do that again. So so that was a sort of like the birth of my bar career. And um, along the way, I got like a job in like events, cocktails, like learn learn completely on the job of like how to mix drinks. And then brought brought the trolley back the next year with with enough stock to do it during the festival. And like yeah, me me and um, me and my colleague that were working together, we just absolutely cleaned up. We did like a couple of six hour shifts up the Stone Circle and. Yeah, it was really impressive with how much we made, and and it was nice. It was nice because like like seeing Glastonbury for so many years and like how it changes and stuff like that. It's like um, there's a lot of people doing criminal stuff, and there's a lot of like police out there looking to catch them out. Um, but what I found with like like running the bar and stuff is like they respect that I was like making an effort not to do like completely illegal stuff, and and like they respected that and they left me alone. And then anyone that did sort of give me like an inkling that they were gonna like start bothering us for for like running this little renegade bar. Like all of the people around me, like none of which I knew, all like jumped up and they're ready to like have my back. So there's this like real nice community around it as well. So 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 yeah, so then from there I just carried on uh just doing little renegade operations of like finding bits of like the build team and I'd like work with them and then they give me like a little secret spot and then I'd run like a bar over the festival and then um so do you, do you need to get like a a license or something to, yeah. to do the bar? Yeah, yeah. From so the legitimately, you want a license. You, you need, I've got a personal license, something like that. So technically, I could get it. But the issue with festivals and like alcohol sales is that it, it's just another organised crime game, to be honest. Because like, there's big contracts that go to big companies, and if you're like a small um, independent individual, then then it's not impossible to get like a decent contract at a festival. So. So that was that was my foot in the door. I just go to these places, set up, run my operation, and, and hope I didn't get caught. Basically. <laughs> and does someone come and say, "Hey, we need like two hundred <laughs> quid to leave you alone"? Or? I never, I never had to bribe anyone like that. Um, one year at Boomtown, I did uh, build an illegal venue, and they caught me out within a couple of couple of hours of opening. Um, but like. I'd so like, would that be like the security guys or whatever? So it was, it was, uh, it was like some sort of like some sort of officials in in high vis vests and a clipboard, and I just seen them clocking the venue, and then they were looking at their clipboard, and they were like, I can't see, <laughs> I can't see this venue, and then they're looking at the venue again, and they're checking back again, and and like, I can just see them getting more and more confused, and so so like the the guy, my friend Dre, that was working with me, I was like, okay, get all the spirits in the backpack, and then as soon as they come in whichever entrance they come in i'm going to get you to go out the other entrance and then because uh, they will confiscate everything. yeah yeah because because obviously yeah, you, you're definitely not allowed to do this um so what's that conversation like <laughs> when you're still standing there your mate's gone so, so he, he goes out they come they come in looking really confused and then i was like hi i'm just here like spreading the word of herbal medicine and uh here's my like syrups and teas and uh liqueurs i mean uh, uh other things that aren't boozy and um <clears throat> and then yeah, I like I talked to them about like why I'm doing it and like uh, the reasons why I didn't apply. Mostly because I'm just like not very good at like forms and stuff like that. So, so like they understood they understood my plight and why why I hadn't gone down the official routes. But um, they 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 just said you you're not allowed to you're not allowed to do this. You you, know, you can't come back tomorrow. And I was like, okay, who who do I need to get to sign me off in this place? And like how can I make it official? And they, they literally just laughed in my face. So so then I was like, okay. Literally, just tell me, tell me who I need to speak to. So it's like zone coordinator, district manager, and the health and safety crew. Um, I need to get all of those. And then the next day, within like an hour and a half, I got them all signed. All of them signed me off. And uh, and then um, 
yeah, I just ran ran the operation, but minus the booze, which was which wasn't what I was looking to do, but it was like an interesting new avenue to go down. So did you already have these products or something so similar? So this is, this, is, this is just the cusp before I started incorporating the herbal extracts into my bars. So, so this, is, this is about 2017, 2018, I think. So, so what, what stuff did you like still have then once you'd, you'd had to knock the alcohol off? Um, so, so yeah, I just had these like syrups and uh, mixers. So I was just, just like, like, soft, just drinks, like yeah, soft drinks basically. Gotcha. But, but they had like, like um, we had like an elderberry and echinacea one. So it was like an immune one. Yes. It was like um, a really nice like basil syrup. Um, so like little digestive function. So, so they had like lightly medicinal qualities, but um, nothing like what I'm doing today. Um <clears throat> So so yeah, that was that was really good. And and what was what was a sort of like big dawning realization after doing that specific one was that what I was doing was a philosophy of recreation because I didn't realize that what I was talking about and like the plight of people that struggle with like drug abuse and like living within events and and things like this. So it's, it's all a reason like why why do we consume things that are mild poisons and like why do we get so much enjoyment out of it and and all of these like big questions that i was asking i didn't realize there was philosophy until i'd seen this this text got sent around all of the the heads of the festival and then one of my mates who was was um that got that received the text she 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 just thought that i bribed somebody to send it around <laughs> um so so yeah so that was that was nice and uh it's so what, a, what did the, what did the text say oh it said there's this guy called karma um, doing a stall, um, giving out herbal medicine advice and philosophy, or, or herbal medicine advice and recreational philosophy. I think it was, and um, and yeah, and it, was, it wasn't before that that I realised that there was, there was some deeper like thought processes behind yeah why we do what we do. Um, so yeah, so that was nice. Uh, that was like a nice little sort of like opening of my mind into this into an area that would then develop into my company um, that's pharmaceuticals. And um, and then there's a few little like um, different directions of that story afterwards. So like I, I closed up on because I got caught out on the Friday, opened it on the Saturday, and then um, I'd actually like funnily enough I changed my birthday on Facebook from the seventh of January to the thirteenth of August, or it was the Saturday night of the festival basically. So because because uh, I never get to celebrate it with anyone, it's like seventh of January. It's really boring. Like everyone's. And was like knackered and got no money, doing dry January or whatever it is, and like I very rarely get to celebrate with my mates. So, so I, because I changed it on Facebook, everyone thought it was my birthday. So then, so then one of my old one of my old mates, Welly, rang me up and he's like, he's like, oh, happy birthday, mate! Let me buy you a drink. And I was like, yeah, sick, let's do that. And um, and I knew that there was another renegade bar that was literally just around the corner from mine, um, but they were much more tucked away. Whereas I was on the main drag of the festival, they were through a little alleyway out the back. And um, <clears throat> there's a pub uh, in Bristol called the Chelsea. And they had the stealthy Chelsea there, which is like a horse box that they'd renovated with the same design as the Chelsea pub. So, so it's like pints, like real cheap pints, real nice. And I was like, yeah, let's go get a drink there. Um, and then I seen that there was a cocktail bar. So I was like, oh, let's go and get a cocktail. And then seen some other mates that were running it and they were all like wasted. And the only ingredients they had was like tonic water and like, Audi brand Malibu so it's just like absolutely nothing ne near a cocktail and I was like oh my god I've like worked like for extra tickets before the festival started uh, like all these different jobs so I could have crew to run my bar I've got all these amazing ingredients that I haven't had a chance to use and you've got a bar with no 
no workers that are fit to run it and no stock. So, so like, let me take it over. So, um, so my mate was like, yeah, just give me a cut. And uh, then I got all my stock up, let all my staff run it. And I just get to sit around and <laughs> watch it all unfold. So, so that was really nice. And then actually, so then it's like, that was like Sunday night again. And then Monday morning, I'm coming back from running the bar all night. And then get to the crew field and it's like I walk into the field to almost like a round of applause of like all of the other crew. Like they've they've had a lot of people run illegal venues at, at the festival, but they've never had somebody come in, build an illegal venue and then get it signed off officially and then do something else renegade on the side. So <clears throat> so so they really I think there's something to be said for like those like brazen acts of confidence and like the places it gets you within like work and, and social standing as well. So um so they they liked basically what i did so much that they offered me uh traders a traders spot at the next year at the festival for absolutely nothing so so that was really nice and then i think so yeah I, i'm gonna it's a very like i say it's convoluted path so, so excuse the little tangents That's i'm funny. gonna be going on um so so yeah so it's around not long after that i i uh started thinking more about my health and like i've always liked to like eat well i love cooking and like I've been raised vegetarian. Uh, it sort of like makes you have to be like a bit more creative with your flavors because you're not relying on that like meat, meat um, like foundation to to your dish. Um, so so yeah, like I've always loved flavor, and I was thinking about doing something like nutrition um, at uni because because I'd not studied, um, <clears throat> and I was just uh, searching down different avenues, and uh, eventually found that there was this um, bachelor's in science in Western herbal medicine, and that was running at Westminster Uni and then I was like this is amazing it's it's like it's got elements of nutrition to it so you're like building on that foundation but then like the, the heights that you can reach with these with these herbal medicines is is just unparalleled in, in so many ways so so yeah as soon as I found that course I was like this this is definitely what I need to be doing I was like I need to look after my health I want to look after the health of the people around me and um yeah utilizing herbs to do that I think I think is just the ideal ideal format for myself personally and um so yeah so that was that was interesting and, and that, that's a three-year like a, a degree. So yeah it was a three-year degree but i'd never done any science lessons before so, so did you have to do like a, a foundation. foundation yeah yeah and that was that was like a bit intimidating at first um because like i don't know if like moving around a lot and not 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 always being consistently in the same place and like going to school and stuff is like i've always faced a bit of like prejudice and like being that hippie kid that's that's not one of the locals and stuff um so so yeah so I was definitely like a bit like like really an anticipating maybe like the environment to be either overwhelming or to be like dismissed as like not being clever enough but then so as soon as I got sunk my teeth into it it's just like this is what I should have always been doing like I'm naturally quite like critical in my thinking like I love like science and then like and I think during a large part of that's probably just because of like the way I've been raised and like being surrounded by so many hippies saying so many ridiculous things. It's just like, I'm at like at five years old and, and I'm like being able to have more critical thinking than, than some of my mum's mates, especially like the ones that have like rinsed too much acid, especially like the, 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 the like the acid casualties, I call them. And like <laughs> they, their thought processes are so far out there that like, yeah, even a child can be like, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, so anyway, so yeah, yeah. So like, Unsub unsubstantiated claims was like a big part of my my childhood and 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 I think yeah 
being able to combine something that has been around me a lot, which is herbal medicine, with the science was something that was like absolutely priceless because you're, you're, yeah, you're just taking it one step further, like looking into deeper into like why the chemicals are doing what they're doing and and like what's hearsay and what's not because like there's a lot of a lot of things are used traditionally for very like very different things and um and, and many like, many medicines really are kind of taken from plants mm-hmm. right? they're, they're, oh yeah they 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 like aspirin or whatever yeah, and exactly, then you say how can we patent it how can we sort of tweak this so that we can sell it for 10 times the price exactly. and, you know so i i guess that that is quite a fundamental part of well maybe what western medicine used to be mm-hmm. I think it's yeah yeah well the foundation mental lately, of western medicine is herbal medicine and 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 yeah so so like like a, the the degree that i did was western herbal medicine so that's that's the same I'm using the same herbs as like Ayurvedic medicine in India or traditional Chinese medicine. I'm using a lot of the same herbs, but but the difference is that I'm using that like Western doctor perspective. So like anatomy, physiology, pharmacology, all of these things that, that I can then go to a, a Western doctor and speak the same language to them. Mm. And um, so, so yeah, like you were saying. And is, is sorry to no, interrupt you, but yeah, is, you is Western herbal medicine... Um, is that is that kind of uh, incorporated into Western medicine? So, like, can my GP refer me, mm-hmm. or I might be in a hospital department for something, and they say, actually, you you can go and see this guy on floor six or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is it is it that kind of uh, in a integrated? Nutshell, yes. Yeah. In a nutshell, yes. But then the 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 relationship between medical herbalists and orthodox medicine, or or like doctors pharmaceuticals stuff like that it's like it's a very complex one and and there's been there's been some very good like propaganda that like discredits herbal medicine and like like you were saying initially it's it's the it's those chemicals which are the basis of the majority of pharmaceuticals so it's about 65 percent of pharmaceuticals are directly synthesized from the chemicals found within plants and medicinal mushrooms so so it just seems mental to me to to think that that you can have um, like the roots of your your whole industry, and then want to discredit all of that. But again, like you said, it's the money. It's the money. You can't pay it in a natural chemical. So unless you're going to change it, then you can't make it yours, and then you're not going to make loads of money from that. So, so it's it's a it's a mental industry, really. And then the, there's another factor is that like when you start um, taking out single chemicals from from a plant that has like between like ten and hundreds of different active compounds in it. Then you start getting side effects because because uh, you you get um, yeah there's there's this sort of um, well, synergy there's a, there's a synergy that happens between the chemicals in a whole plant extract and um, and like aspirin's a great example of that so that was um, found in meadowsweet and willow bark uh, so salicylic acid and then they extracted that and put an acetyl group on it so it's now acetyl salicylic acid. Um, but in meadowsweet and willow bark, you have uh, an oil that lines your stomach and protects it. And one of the uh, side effects from aspirin is micro tears in your stomach. So, so it just shows that, like, when you start taking single chemicals out and fucking with them, then then you just start having to deal with all these like horrible side effects. And and yeah, I've seen it within the cannabis industry as well. To be honest, it's like the the strength. The, the strength of the extracts that are coming out is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's, it's so far from that natural whole plant wild cannabis extracts that you would be getting that you get all the side effects like psychosis and paranoia and all these things that 
aren't necessary really when 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 you when you balance the balance the chemicals out yeah i mean i think i think on the one hand it's probably um a part of the human condition to fiddle with shit mm, it's very true, it's very yeah. difficult to just go <laughs> This is kind of perfect. Nature just <laughs> yeah. made it perfect. Let's just consume it when we need it, whatever, and, and move on to the next thing. That's true. But I think that's that has been um, kind of usurped just by this relentless drive for money, mm. for, for profit. And I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I don't, I don't know really what your uh, thoughts are on the recent uh, scandemic, I call it. But, I mean, th there were plenty of well-established uh, medicines that were well-researched and been used for many years, mm -hmm. ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, yeah. vitamin D, mm -hmm. vitamin C, zinc, real basic stuff, right? Yeah, and yeah. Some antibiotics that were pretty much, if even if you got a heavy dose of the covades mm -hmm. take that and you're probably going to be perfectly fine. Yeah. And all of those things were demonized discredited mm. pretty much made illegal if you're a doctor and you prescribe them you're risking your license yeah, yeah exactly so that, that some crazy shit could be invented <laughs> which they managed to make in six weeks when they haven't yeah. been able to make one in the last hundred years I know. and then they forced everyone to take it and now I don't know whether you did you did you see the the GB news the clip last night of oh, that Scottish no, guy I must have missed it so um, obviously, up until this point, the the powers that be have still been trotting out that it's safe and effective, mm -hmm. and we don't. There's no side effects and no nothing. And they, they had a um, Rishi Fishy Rishi sock puppet <laughs> was on uh, was on GB News last night. Yeah, and, or yeah, I think it must have been last night because it was on my Twitter feed this morning. Um, like an audience Q&A, you know, like a question mm -hmm. time thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy who's got a vaccine-induced heart condition okay, yeah. just gave him both barrels for about three or four minutes. Wow. And then and then another guy on, on the other side in the audience stood up and said, it's not just him, I've got a problem as well. And oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, he tried to kind of say, well, suddenly, even though he's been saying it's safe and effective, mm -hmm. he, he, he defaulted to, well, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. Suddenly uh, okay. doesn't know. Yeah, 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 this is but, it. But, but yeah, I, I, I really feel that, that, I mean, I guess we could call it medicine, mm -hmm. has bifurcated into two almost opposing um, branches, paths, yeah. whatever. And one is this kind of like shareholders, pharmaceutical mm -hmm. giants that will bribe, lie, steal, pay fines, etc., just to make as much money as they can. I yeah. don't care how they do it. And then on the other side, you've got people like yourself, the mushroom guys, mm -hmm. the... Um, I've had on the podcast uh, energy healer, a healer, homeopath, nice. alt other alternative therapies, various different things, and and it and it seems like you've almost got to kind of pick one or the other. But maybe this this Western herbal can yeah. kind of straddle a little bit. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 it's it's there's so many so many points that I'm uh, wanting to come back on. But yeah, let's pick up the last thing you said. So so yeah so. In essence, um, I refer to um, pharmaceutical medicine and doctors as orthodox medicine. Um, I like to call what we do as um, complementary medicine because it's not it's not 
it's not the alternative to pharmaceuticals. It's just meant to complement things. So, so like, in if you if you want to look at like quite a zoomed out view of the difference between pharmaceuticals and Western herbal medicine, is that pharmaceutical um, is very good at treating very acute conditions. So acute as in like you're either going to get better by yourself or it might kill you. That sort of like those like serious things like heart attacks and and other stuff like that. Whereas like with like long-standing chronic conditions, that's where herbal medicine really comes into its own. And there's there's so many factors that come into that. But um, I think that there's 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 a propensity for pharmaceutical medicine to not really to be like far far too reductive and just looking specifically at like the individual cells that are being affected, the tissues that are being affected, and just to focus on that. Whereas like if you're looking at it, from like a herbalist point of view, you're really looking at this dynamic process that's happening between all of the different body systems. So, so like when when you come in to um, to see myself or another herbalist for a consultation, we'll go through like um, your like family history, your drug history, uh, your medical history. Then we go through like all of your organ systems, so like cardiovascular, pulmonary, all of those different ones, and um, and then we'll do like a bit of diet and lifestyle. And um, and then and then see where you really want to see your health picture going towards, and and when you get that sort of broad spectrum insight into somebody's health, you can really put together a lot of different pieces that that help you to address these things at their root cause, and that's really where pharmaceutical in, uh, pharmaceuticals in general fall massively short because you're just slapping a plaster on a symptom and not looking at the deeper level of what's causing that. And then then when that's applied to chronic conditions that are like multifactorial and like develop over a long time and last for a long time, then then um, you quite often just get patients with like between 10 and 20 different medications. And and we've 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 done it in the clinic before where we've done a medication review with a with a patient and gone back through right to the beginning they were on about 15 different medications and like we went through one after the other after the other after the other and we got back to the original medication that they'd been prescribed and that was for one symptom and every other medication on top of that was to suppress a side effect from that original drug so yeah, like shocking suppressing another side effect oh that's got a side effect i'll give you another drug and then they've got 20 drugs in their system that they actually don't need so <clears throat> So yeah, it's 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 a complex beast, and in an ideal world, herbalists and doctors working together could create something really special. And you you would need kind of a private doctor though, right? Because your your five minute GP appointment, yeah, is just he's not, not going to have. Cut he's it, not right? got the, yeah, he's not got the capacity. He hasn't got the time. Hasn't got the resources. So yeah, so that is a factor. Um, but like for instance, in Germany, like they are so far ahead of the game in terms of complementary medicine that like every doctor, whether they're private or um, their equivalent of public health, is um, they all have to do at least one module in in herbal medicine. So they will quite often prescribe herbal medicines alongside the drugs, uh, and then um, and vice versa. The, a lot of the herbalists and naturopaths in Germany also allowed to prescribe pharmaceuticals. So so you like giving this even playing field for both of the professions and and then through that and their quite high regard for traditional medicines uh, within the community in Germany. It's like created this great communication platform. So so like, for instance, we'd have um, certain patients in the university clinic that would be working between London and Germany 
And um, if they're seeing a doctor in Germany, that'd be great because like we'd be right because you illegally ha have to um, write a letter to every doctor of every patient you, you see just so they can be aware. And then hopefully that based on that, they can sort of take that into account when prescribing new medication. They're like, oh, these are the herbs that the patient's on. Maybe I shouldn't prescribe this one thing because it might interact. Or I'll just start a conversation with the herbalist so we can... Um, negotiate what's going to happen next and so if you're seeing <coughs> um patients that are just being treated in the uk um, mm -hmm. medical system would you i don't know you you prescribed three or four or five or six different herbs mm -hmm. would you would you kind of write in that letter to the doctor i've prescribed these this one lowers blood pressure this one is affects mood. Yes. This one is a hormone because they probably like, they're, they're not going to know. know. I'm what? not expecting them to be trained in it. No. So yeah. so yeah, you have to break it down. And, and yeah, so, and, and that's in, that's in all of my paperwork anyway. You don't just give a herb without justifying it. You have to, you have to be very thorough in your justification because like, um, it's interesting because like there's a lot of different herbal actions. So like, for instance, like anti-inflammatory and, and stuff like that, that's like a herbal action. Uh, I'll refer to them like that. And, um, and you get a lot of actions that will span in different medicinal plants. Um, so they'll have the same action, but then they'll have other medicinal actions as well. And it's all about using the right ones for the right job, I suppose. And, and like, yeah, there's no wrong herb to prescribe unless it's going to be doing damage to the patient. But, but what you do have to do is just always justify it. And it's just like, why are you giving this particular herb? Why are you giving this particular combination of herbs? And like, how is that going to affect their overall picture of health yeah I, f I find it's interesting in 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 so far as the the word medicine mm. and the connotations that it has and the way we perceive it um we, we i think we've talked about this a couple of times on the on the podcast but i i think that we in the west and i guess by the west i would my experience is the UK, but mm -hmm. maybe the UK and the US oh, um, yeah. medical system. That medication is is like putting out a fire. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, you've got this. Yeah. We give you something to deal with the symptoms. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the more traditional, maybe you could say Eastern philosophy of medicine, which is something that you take every day. Yeah. Yeah, stops yeah. you getting it's a sick. Preventative, it's yeah, better than the cure, isn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're not waiting until the event and then saying, "Take this." Mm -hmm. You're saying, "Look, if you if you take a bit, put a bit of this in your breakfast and have some yeah. of that in your tea. Have some of this before bed once a week. You probably won't get a heart yeah, attack, yeah, yeah. and then you don't need to go on all the other medications." I heard that I heard a really good um, uh, illustration of of. Um, the way Western medicine often works uh, quite recently, which was okay. like if you take your car to the mechanic because yeah. the check engine light is on mm -hmm. and he takes the light bulb out. Yeah, and he goes, yeah. Yes, it's off now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fixed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a great fixed, analogy. Right? I rate that definitely. I mean, that's, that's, that's basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. There's the symptom. The light is bothering yeah, you. I take yeah. the bulb out. Exactly. And it's the same, same with the fire analogy as well. It's like you, you, they're, they're putting out the fire, but they're not looking at what's starting well, the fire. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's that, it's that investigation investigative um like per perception that you bring to it that, that really makes a difference and and i understand that it's, it's difficult for gps because they have only got that five minutes and i feel for them i really do um but yeah it's, it's difficult because I, I think also though and i don't know whether you find this i mean maybe maybe the 
patients that you see are not the patients that would suffer from this these kinds of problems. But mm. I think it's difficult because when you when you approach health and well-being and wellness and medicine kind of holistically and proactively, mm-hmm. that's you have to take a lot of sort of self-responsibility and oh, do yeah. a lot of stuff and oh, yeah. change your routine, uh-huh. go to bed early, yeah. do this yeah. and do that. Whereas when you just go, well, I'm, I'm all right, uh-huh. and then I collapsed. So the ambulance came and picked me up and yeah. that was fine. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the GP phoned me and then they gave me these drugs and then I could go back to work again. Uh-huh. Like you, don't, you don't think about anything. You don't have to do no, anything. Just no. this person told me do this, that mm-hmm. person told me do that. And then actually like my heart feels all right now yeah. until until it really time, fucks right? up yeah 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 but but if you're gonna kind of go down the 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 more holistic mm-hmm. route you have to you have to kind of like this is something that my that my mum said to me long time ago she said the 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 point at which you become an adult from mm-hmm. a child you become an adult is the point at which you accept that everything in your life is down to you yeah Everything is your responsibility. <laughs> yeah. You, before that, you're a child because you're like my mum, oh, yeah. my dad, my yeah, teacher, yeah. my friend, Your whatever. Friends. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And it's that and point that when go you go, on. no, no, it's on me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, and It's and, difficult. And you're summing up this like real deep, like human nature, which is like wanting a silver bullet. It's just like, I don't want to put effort in. I just want this to be fixed for me. I don't want to have to like change any of my attitudes, my responsibility, my actions. I just want to take that one pill and it's going to fix me. And um, yeah, it's it's you're you're working with that, but then you're also working with like how hard it is to change because like we've all been there, we've all like tried to change something and like come at it with the best intentions. You're like, yeah, I'm going to do all these things, and then you come to do it, you're like, no, no, I'm not going to do any of that. It's 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 too much. Like I got I got like a job to do, I got responsibilities, I got family, whatever it might be. It's it's this like it is a lot to to take these responsibilities on and. And then I see that within the clinic and, and the, I'd say probably the hardest thing that we ever have to deal with as a herbalist is patient compliance. It's like I'll prescribe somebody a tincture based on like all of this like dosing science and it's like very specific for like a very set amount of time. So I'm like, okay, take this three times a day for the next several weeks. Then we're going to come back for a check-in and then they come back for the check-in and they're like, oh, I've still got most of the bottle left. Like, like they were meant to be like conserving it. And I'm like, oh, you missed the point again. You just got to take all the bu- all the medicine. It's like I'm telling you to do it three times a day, but if you miss those three times a day, just take all of that dose in one go the next morning because like it's better to like reach that therapeutic window than to not. And um, also, just to explain what therapeutic window is, is like um, so when you're dosing, you've got that sort of pre-medicinal dose which isn't really doing anything, and then you've got the therapeutic window which is like where it does the medicine, and then after that, if you keep on dosing higher and higher, then it starts becoming a poison. So, so if I'm if I'm ever referencing therapeutic window, it's that it's that section of dosage which is like the good bit of the medicine. And so do you, do you try to aim in the middle of that window? Yeah, yeah, and and it depends on like the severity, the symptoms, the like resilience of the individual. There's 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 a lot of factors that will come into that, um, and then that's and then it also depends about like the strength of the herb and the potential side effects of the herb. So, so what's what's quite cool. Um, and like something that I was like completely unaware of before I started studying is that there's this there's this class of herbs called um, Schedule Twenties. So it means uh, it means that these herbs aren't illegal for you to like grow or possess or anything, but they are legal for you to give to somebody else unless you're a medical herbalist with um, and you've given them a con- consultation. Um, so so for instance, I've got I've got herbs on that list that 
I use personally, like over the summer, um, especially when I just really need to push myself, but um, I couldn't ever put it in a product, although I'd love to do it with some of the herbs. And like, that's, that's probably, I'm, I'm being quite elusive about this, but, but the one, one of my personal favorites is, is ephedra. And this is like a herb that's, it's like got found in like the oldest burial ground that's been discovered so far. So, so it's like ephedra and yarrow were the two herbs that got found by this body. So, so it's, it's a herb that's been used since the dawn, dawn of civilization. Um, but in terms of like how it's used now within herbal medicine and pharmaceutical medicine is that um, I prescribe it for like really strong allergic reactions. So it's got two chemicals of interest, which are ephedrine and pseudoephedrine. And you might have heard of that from the EpiPen, from people having anaphylactic shock. So, so I've been in a situation where, where I've actually given one of my products to a friend on the dance floor. And, and at the time, I didn't realize she had a chili allergy. And her throat starts like swelling up. So I drag her out of the dance floor, sit her down with some other friends. And I'm like... Oh, the one with the chili in yeah, it. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. So, so yeah, so one of the products has got chili in it. My friend also had a chili allergy. I was on the dance floor, so it's too loud to explain what's in it. I was like, oh, yeah, everyone, everyone sort of knows what it is. And then she's like, what was in that? And I was like, oh, this is the ingredients off. And she's like, yeah, I've got a chili allergy. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, how bad is it? She's like, mild anaphylaxis. And I was like, oh, double fuck. So then I like, sat her down with some mates, sprinted across site because I knew I had a bottle of ephedra. And then I actually grabbed um, like an oral syringe just like as a last resort. If by the time I come back and her throat was too tight for her to even swallow it, I'd have just like... Um, given it as a suppository just because it would have just opened up that throat and allowed her to breathe. But by the time I got back, she was just like wheezing quite a lot and not actually um, stopped breathing. So, so yeah, I just, she, she drank it orally and, and then checked in every 30 seconds with the symptoms, started to go down. And then I was like, okay, cool. Now you're in more s stable position. Go, um, go, to, go to the paramedics and just, just get double checked out. Um, but... But in terms of like, yeah, so this ephedra herb, it's, it's like a really strong herb in terms of its medicinal actions, but it's also like a crazy strong stimulant. So, so ephedrine and pseudoephedrine pseudo are, are the precursors to the whole methamphetamine family. So all of those have been synthesized from these chemicals found within ephedra. So, so and so those you, you can prescribe once you've done a consultation, yes. but you can't just... Yeah, order I, online. No, 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 no. Pills. No, yeah. So that's the, that's that's illegal. But but you can with the consultation. But that's that's for like really strong allergies. So you'll have a great cure to your allergies, but you'll also be like awake, like in a big way. <laughs> yeah. So so well, this this is quite interesting because this is one of the things that I wanted to ask you about. I was talking to Ibby. I was at mm -hmm. the lunch class today, um, and I was talking to Ibby about um, doing the podcast, and. Um, so one of the one of the things that's that's particularly of interest is um, something that helps with athletic performance. Mm -hmm. Let's say so, like a yeah. training supplement. Mm -hmm. it, there's various stuff that you can buy. You know, already there. I think like the kind of nitric oxide okay, type of yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stimulant things, stuff with caffeine in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then various kind of like testosterone boosters, you know, like uh, yeah. ashwagandha, yeah. yahimbine, all these herbs, you mm -hmm. know, but kind of natural stuff. But I was wondering whether it's it would be possible to create a blend that's a herbal blend that you could sell that you don't need a consultation for yes. but that would have a sort of a, a noticeable kick for an oh, hour yeah. or a couple well, of hours 
Because the jujitsu people, yeah, they would love that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is like partly like I'm on this podcast for that reason. It's just like getting out into these new branches where like I don't have like I'm not rooted into the community of like health and fitness like I am with the festival and, and party industry. Um, so like yeah, so and and we found from from the past. Um, so like we've had these four different blends uh, on sale for for from October twenty two. And yeah, over that period, we've we've met like people of all walks of life, and like some of the really interesting uh, ones that I wouldn't expect is like yeah, like the sports industry, and like especially when people get drugs tested when they're professional athletes, like you can't be doing anything recreational there. So, so like this opens up a like a, a new avenue for them to like still have that like that fun and like engaging social events that that they can take part in because like you you find that that like like socializing is like a key part of health and it, and if you're maybe like shying back from like social circles that will be like encouraging you to drink or take other drugs uh then 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 you're essentially isolating yourself and the, and the studies have shown it's like it's as bad or worse as smoking 40 cigarettes a day being socially isolated it's, so, it's the number one yeah it's the number one predictor of of long and healthy life is, is a social yeah. network and, and, yeah. and this is and this is it so and this is like a huge factor behind what i'm doing because it's like i've i've been raised in these communities where like like drug use and addiction is just like a lot more open and 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 um and uh, and the, the number one coping mechanism for people trying to stop doing those things is just to like isolate themselves so so if you're trying to go through this like healing journey but then also like cutting yourself off from that that number one predictor of, of a long healthy life then, then then what is actually going to be causing more damage is is it the drug that's causing you more, more damage or is it that isolation and 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 like yeah there's there's something to be said for like giving people alternatives giving people a space that's like non-judgmental and then like giving them um just like sort of trying to break down the the quite strong segregation that there is within the like sober community and the non-sober communities. Um, Cause I've found that quite, is quite a lot. It's like a lot of people within the sober communities, like I, I love what they're doing on so many ways. And, but then they also quite like, if you're not a sober, if you're not one of us, you're, you're not as welcome as you would be if, if you're also. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and like, I understand again, another coping mechanism and like another reason why a lot of people hate on the, um, people that are doing their sober journeys for for whatever reasons is that like people do cope by getting on a high horse about it and they'll be like oh i'm just gonna sit on my cloud of judgment and hand out life lessons to the poor and needy and like nobody actually needs that it's like if you if you're gonna do it and want to see the most change from sharing your experience it's probably just like doing it leading by example like showing people that it can be done well and that you can have all that fun and you don't need to do it. Cause I, I've done this with like vegetarianism and like, I'd never, I've never ever preached it. Um, <clears throat> but then like loads of people that I've lived with over the years have just converted. Cause they're like, Oh, he's doing amazing food. It's not all got meat in it. Is there, then they'll like, just like change their actions much more freely than if I was like, you're a bad person for eating meat. Not that I even, I don't even think that. Cause it's, it's funny. Cause it's like vegetarianism got forced on me. So, so like, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily doing it for the animals or anything. I just, I just uh, mainly just don't like the texture of meat, weirdly. So, so, so that a lot of the flavors are amazing. But. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of just leading by example mm -hmm. and becoming a sort of a positive influence in whatever circles you move in. Yeah, you know, rather than 
going somewhere with an agenda, mm-hmm. which is, I don't drink anymore. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that everyone knows I don't drink anymore <laughs> and wine or whatever it is, you know, yeah, the same yeah, with, yeah. with diet or the same even with yeah. exercise. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly, like there's that, yeah. there's that joke, um, if you meet a, a vegan crossfitter, <laughs> what do they talk about first? <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't know what to start with. Oh, so good, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, because, you know, you do, you, you, you always have that danger of kind of falling into the, the, the trap of like, I need to, preach mm-hmm. the message yeah, of you yeah, know yeah. what it is that i'm doing but who, who are you preaching that message to it's like because it quite often it is just an echo chamber of like like-minded people and it's like you you've these people have already been converted if you want to make difference go into those circles that you wouldn't normally like be in or feel comfortable in and then like try try spreading that me- message there because it's like if it does have an impact then then it, the weight that's going to come with that is going to be a lot more y- yeah and and even just going into those situations and like not spreading anything mm. just hanging out and yeah, then people yeah, go oh yeah. that guy was really cool right yeah and they're yeah. like oh, yeah you know he doesn't drink and yeah, like, oh, yeah weird yeah. man i thought it was mashed you know mm. and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you start to go maybe i could yeah go for a night out and not drink and then we've we've got like a prime friend down in brighton rob he, he's he's like such an inspiration in that in that level like he's he's i don't know exactly when he stopped but it's, i think it was about five or more years ago but he still goes to like every rave, every party, every festival. He's he's at the after party until the early, early hours of the morning, and like he's relying on nothing more than like a few snacks and some sweets and stuff. And I'm just like, that's inspiring because like not once has he ever like preached to me or been like, yeah, judgmental to anyone around him for for what they're doing. But I, I mean, like, it's it's kind of we were talking about this the other week, a, a little bit like a placebo effect, mm-hmm. in the sense of. When you, if you use alcohol or other drugs or even nutraceuticals, natural stuff, whatever, you're chemically inducing hormonal changes, Mm -hmm. neuronal changes, whatever it is, your blood vessels dilate, body temperature, you know, whatever changes are there. But all of those things, all of those processes and all of those physiological changes can be induced without the the drugs yeah yeah that is that's mental isn't it yeah <laughs> and so because I, I i still i still haven't been able to like crystallize this in my head i've been because i've had all these people on mm-hmm. talking about energy and talking about this and talking about that and, and i'm and i'm still i'm still trying to refine my my model but i kind of i kind of have this this model now of you know, like fractal patterns mm-hmm. where you get those kind yeah. of crazy spirals and they just keep going forever. You yeah, go yeah. in and go it's in the same. Go out, it's, yeah. yeah, it's never ending. And so I, I've, I'm kind of coming to this point where I'm thinking everything is energy. Mm-hmm. On a, on a, if, you go, if you go far enough in, yeah. it's just energy. Mostly it seems like it's empty space and things are just vibrating mm-hmm. and there's atoms and everything's whizzing around including us yeah us the table everything is we think of it as solid or me Mm -hmm. or a microphone but actually they're not they're just there's something holding certain atoms in a certain place and it does a certain thing but but, it's still all moving to a very slight degree yeah and so and so one of the one of the episodes we did this kind of really blew my mind of the energy moving from me to you to the guitar to mm-hmm. outside or whatever so what i think of as myself it's not actually me 
because a moment later, the the stuff I thought of as me is somewhere else, okay, and there's some yeah. other stuff which is now me. <laughs> so, because <clears throat> because there was this um, girl Krishna that I had on, mm-hmm. and I can't remember how we got onto the subject, but I was saying to her, I've I always felt that if you give money to charity and you go and tell everyone, oh, I gave oh, twenty yeah. quid, it, it it negates it. But yeah. I didn't know why. I couldn't. Wow. It just felt weird to me. Like okay, you should yeah, just yeah. give and not really try to you big yourself like you've up. Got some sort of justification for it now. Yeah. So okay, basically, yeah, what she said was, she said, "Look, everything is energy, mm. and everything or, or all energy is a con- in a constant state of flux and a constant state of movement." Yeah. So what you think of as yourself isn't really yourself. It's just the energy that happens to be in your vicinity at any moment. And then that moves and there's other energy that comes in. Uh-huh. So if, you, if you're talking about money or whatever it is, yeah. you consider like if you've got 20 quid in your pocket, that's my money. Mm-hmm. But actually it's not because it's just the monetary energy yeah. that happens yeah, to be in your yeah, vicinity yeah. at that time. So if you give that 20 pounds to someone else, uh-huh. you can't actually give it because it's not yours to give. It just happens to be near you. The, yeah. the universe gave it to you in mm-hmm. that moment yeah. and it's going to move somewhere else. So if you give it to someone and then you try to take credit for it, mm-hmm. you actually go into a deficit. Like you of, stole, of energy, yeah. you stole something from the universe and pretended <laughs> who, who that it was yours. Who are you taking yours. it from? Is it is it is it the person you're telling that to? Is that is that who you're taking it from? I don't yeah. know. It's interesting as well. Yeah. But oh. so, but so, bringing this back to the mm-hmm. to kind of the like the medicine stuff. Yeah. So so this like blew my mind. Suddenly, I kind of was like, I think I get it. Like the energy and nothing's what you think it mm-hmm. is, and nothing's it's not you. And da 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 da. So then, so then I'm thinking that in that sense energetically you can change your physiology mm-hmm. at any point yeah if you can tap into the energy in, into, into that yeah. kind of system right yeah and so on a on a very kind of um powerful base level you would have things like energy healing mm-hmm. falling in love Going out in the sun, yeah. hanging out with your mates, mm-hmm. listening to good music, yeah, 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 whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just makes you feel better. It like does, literally yeah, yeah. changes your physiology. It's like, how do you measure that? That's the big question for me. It's like, what are the parameters that you're measuring in those instances? Because like we have those experiences and we feel that. We feel a difference. And like that's like, uh, well, oh, it's not um, oh, what are the two types of, uh, it's not circumstantial, it's quantitative qualitative so that's your qualitative experience yes um and like it's notoriously hard to measure qualitative experiences and like there's a there's a whole branch of science for it and everything but again like this cynicism in the back of my mind i'm like okay so if we can't measure it how can we standardize some sort of explanation or answer for it because like we can we can have these experiences and and it can be really profound and like i'm not denying that that's real but it's like how do you break these down into that like what is that vibration that you're talking about how are we going to measure it because that, that's it that's when you can like really get this deep understanding from it when you're not like an energy healer or someone like somebody like your, your average person on the street could maybe then get a gra- grasp of it because like energy energy healing and energy work is, is something that's like definitely beyond my remit and it's not something that i've explored at all and like maybe like slightly put off with like 
bit of prejudice in the back of my mind, but that I, I, I'm not going to knock its efficacy, but I just want to understand it in terms of like facts and figures. Yeah. So, so, so this, this was, this is also really interesting to me because so, so I, so I, I kind of think like on a real base level, you have that kind of energy work, mm -hmm. let's call it. And then maybe a level above that would be things like the placebo effect. Yeah. Um, maybe things like homeopathy that yeah. are still very kind of woo-woo, mm -hmm. but there's a pill yeah, <laughs> or there's yeah, a drink. Yeah, yeah, there's like it's not physical. just, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, going to yeah, zap yeah, you. Exactly, it's yeah. like, eat this, drink that, rub yeah. this on or whatever. And whatever that mechanism of action is, there's at least some kind of mechanical process. Like, okay, yeah. I get the homeopath's cream, yeah. which is just water, yeah. and I, and <laughs> no, I rub it on. But the water's got a memory, and that, that's right. where it comes and in. I'll and I'll see that, what that's happens. The, yeah. That's the justification. And it's like, again, it's like I, I've seen homeopathy do amazing things throughout my childhood, but then like there's this cynicism in the back of my mind that's like, but but water doesn't. It's like there's there's very tangible evidence about water having memory, and that's the basis of it. It's like you're making this... So that I'm sure I'm sure your other host, uh, your other guest, came uh, explained it much better than I did. But but the basis of homeopathy is that you're you're getting a plant that causes a reaction that you're trying to heal. So so if you've got a rash, you get a plant that causes a rash and make make a tincture in the same way that I do with medical herbalism. But then instead of just prescribing that, you take a dose. I mean, sorry, like a drop out of five liters of that tincture and put in five liters of water. And then you let that settle, and then do it again. So, so, and, and essentially, the more you're diluting it, the the, the stronger it is. So, yeah. so, so it, it's like it's falling back onto this basis of like water has memory. And there's been some interesting studies, like by I think it's a Japanese guy, I've forgotten his name. That's um, where they wrote the yeah, yeah, wrote the intentions, the and then put it on like different images and stuff like that. And like, and like, so yeah, so there's there's a chance that water does have a memory. But if you're looking at it from like a wider scope of like science in general then you're going to have to rewrite some laws of physics and and i just feel like that's not going to happen very very anytime soon <laughs> so yeah see see the the thing that i find interesting and i can't remember wh whether i was thinking about this or talking about this whatever but is that it it almost feels to me that the kind of um westernized medicine where everything must be measured with mm -hmm. a ruler. Yeah. Suits Western treatments, yeah. Western medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kind of traditional or alternative or Eastern mm -hmm. medicine where it do it doesn't have to be measured at all. No. You just take it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it might work and it might yeah, not. And if it yeah. works, great. And if it don't work, we can try something no, else. No. Kind of suits that yeah like i almost feel like and and it's probably just kind of laziness because we don't really understand we're not smart enough to figure it out properly yet mm. but i almost feel like you can kind of break something by by trying to measure it you know like that yeah. schrodinger's cat thing okay yeah, when yeah, you yeah, try to you, actually yeah, okay yeah it yeah, doesn't no, work do when you measure you, it you. it and only works when you just Go with the flow. And like you say about the, the whole thing of like using these as like concepts to explain things that we don't understand. And like that, that's that sort of in my mind, that's like the progression that we've gone through. So like in, in the West, like the, the those energetic principles you you referencing with like Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, they they quite often use like hot, cold, damp and dry. Um, and these are like different um, elements of your constitution and, and like too much of one or the other 
will lead to certain conditions and and like they actually lead to like really like quite well thought out justifications behind the conditions that they're explaining and and when i when i've seen this been used especially in the clinic so like some of my favorite supervising practitioners were all um, multidisciplinary so they've 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 got like a training in western herbal medicine but then they've also got like ayurvedic training or tra- traditional chinese medicine training and like that was something like really special to see. So, so you'd like have the patient with their like real unique set of symptoms and condition right in front of you. And then, and then she'll, she'll obviously start with Western herbal justification and she's like talking about the condition and then how the plants affect it and then how we're justifying our prescription. And then she's done that, but then she'll flip and in the exact same plants, she'll look at it from an Ayurvedic perspective and be like, okay so this is why we're giving that and uh because of their energetics then we're we're gonna like say that we're gonna give this plant and you're coming back to the same plant so if you're looking at it from two different avenues which are just like two different languages of explaining the same thing and coming to the same conclusion then then that's like that for me i love that because it's like you've given it that sort of like unmeasurable element of medicine and then justifying it through a different route to come to the same conclusion. But yeah, I wonder whether um, the kind of AI, I mean, at the moment we've mm. got this kind of crazy explosion of, of AI yeah. you know, it's starting to get a bit bit scary. Oh, yeah. But I wonder whether um, AI in the next year, two years, three years or whatever, will actually be able to go in and look at this stuff that we haven't really been able to quantify mm. and just go, no, it's this. Yeah. It's that, it's that, it's that. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's I, an I, interesting I, element I haven't thought about. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I listened to this guy a few months ago speaking. He was a, he was an ex-Wall um, Street hedge fund, mm-hmm. whatever type of guy. He had a son. His son had really severe autism, like stabbing himself in the head with yeah. a pen and you know he couldn't couldn't be unsupervised mm-hmm. he had to be like have his hands tied up or whatever if he was like two and a half three years old wow when That's this so guy to be like put through that as right. well like and those... so th- this guy packed up his job because he was like and like i didn't trust anyone else to look mm-hmm. after him yeah. he's my son i had made loads of yes. money done into well, work yeah. <laughs> Which helps, right? Sweet, yeah, but yeah just, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. And, working class person can't yeah, do that. Can't do. Can you? <laughs> but interestingly, so so what he said was that he he basically because he within his his financial work he mm-hmm. he was like building data systems. Okay, yeah. So he was like, I just decided I'm going to build myself an AI, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell it go and read everything about autism and kids. Amazing, yeah. So he built this thing. He sent it out to troll the web, took three months, whatever. It mm-hmm. read everything. It came back and basically said, um, you need to give him like vitamin B12. Mm-hmm. You need to give him whatever it was, like basic yeah. stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Some of these, you need to make sure his body temperature doesn't go above this. Okay. And you need to, and he said, within like half a day. Mm. He said, I went and got the stuff. Gave it to the kid. This kid's trying to stab himself. No way. That he, quickly as well. Yeah, that's that's it, amazing. It's half a day. He said it's a normal kid. Yeah, that's could that's speak, insane. could yeah, eat, could so sit down, and he, and it was just because basically that AI was powerful enough mm-hmm. to go and read everything. Be the ultimate specialist in a very small right. Area. Where you got yeah. this one doctor yeah, who says, yeah. "Oh, we've noticed if we gave kids brown bread uh-huh. or whatever," and yeah, da da da, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "That it's got B vitamins. Yeah. So is that? I wonder which one." Da, 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 da. And like and I've I, been saying it from the start of my course. I was like, I was like, just like it's that classic thing of like the less you know, the more you think it's going to be easy. That the Dunning Kruger thing. So it's like 
you if you're not an expert you you think you're the best expert in these things and then the more you more you learn the more you realize you really do not know anything yes. and and like i mean like i said i say saying it since the beginning of the course it's like there are so many lifetimes worth of knowledge out there with her, within herbal medicine to to like dive into that like we can only hope to just like brush the surface so so like i suppose that when you're when you're harnessing that power that the AI has to to be like a million different people doing a million different jobs all at once, then then that's when you could become like it could become like an amazing tool. Like I, I I wouldn't be against using that to be honest. Yeah, I mean it just if you if you think about it, I I listened to this guy. I went to this. I used to do some video work. This is probably like ten fifteen years ago for this guy who was a proper cowboy. Mm -hmm. He was the funniest grifter <laughs> honestly this guy was i won't mention his name because he's still grifting yeah, but nice. he was he was so bad mm. he was so bad he used to like steal other people's presentations and ask me to redo the slides with his mm. logo on and it's really bad <laughs> but he i remember he and he used to get these guest speakers into these events and some of them were pretty good yeah yeah but he had this guy and this is going back <laughs> probably 15 years so b before all of this sort of revolution yeah. really happened this guy was talking about um, like picking future occupations. Yeah, okay. Like what should you be looking at going forwards five years or 10 years mm -hmm. or 15 years or whatever? And and I always remember this. He said, like, if you take most uh, white-collar jobs that are considered quite sort of high-level jobs, yeah. effectively, it's just a look-up table. Mm -hmm. So if you go to a doctor, and this would, this would probably um, fit, the same with, with Western herbalism. Yeah. It's just a lookup table. Mm -hmm. I come in with a bunch of symptoms. That gives you a bunch of questions. Yeah. So you ask them and uh -huh. then that gives you a bunch of data and then you need to do a bunch of tests. So you yeah. do the bunch of tests, gives you another bunch of data and then that bunch of data gives you a bunch of medications, yeah, yeah. herbs, whatever that you give. And, and a then dosing you can carry on that down that like repeated like circle yeah. of, of like, yeah, measurement, observation, and dosing and, right, and which a, a computer yeah. can do that yeah 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 no for sure but what he's what he said that was interesting he said so so if, if you look at that that medical setting mm. the computer will replace the doctor yeah you know what the computer can't replace the nurse okay because the nurse is the one that sits down next to you yeah and holds your hand so this this is what it's gonna get don't worry it's a therapeutic relationship yes. and that is that's like that's like a huge part of what you're doing it's that it's that sitting down listening to somebody because like we're not we're not like psychotherapists but like there was like parts of my course which were definitely psychotherapy and like, i'm learning all these techniques because you're you're this person's therapist you're their coach you're their personal doctor and like just like a safe space for them to like go through their like physical and mental traumas and and, and yeah you're never gonna replace that but as you're explaining all of this i'm just like okay i could definitely take a lot more a lot more patience if I had that as a tool to like do the sort of like out of consultation bits of my it job. It does the heavy lifting, yeah, right? Yeah, and then yeah, you exactly, just yeah. find how do I communicate that yeah. back to my patient? Yeah, because because with that I could potentially, although yeah, it's it's like you're struggling like weighing all of this up because it's like there's like it would make it really efficient, but then if if that efficiency becomes too great, then I'm gonna take away from that potential therapeutic relationship that i'm building with the client um the patient and um because yeah so, so if i if i cut my consultation down to from from an hour to an hour and a half to 10 minutes then then that's 
that's going to have an impact, a detrimental effect on on probably their relationship with you and their their journey into into healing themselves. But I think you can still do the hour and a half, mm-hmm. but you've just got the AI sitting there in some capacity, also listening. Yeah, and then you go. This is what I think. Yeah, and then like compare does, notes with the AI. What does love that, that Yeah, and it's going to learn from you. You're going to learn from yeah, it. And then, and that's, and that's yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and and so because I think then this this comes back to like that placebo mm. and back to that energy healing. Yeah, is that it's that relationship that you're building with your patient where they trust you that you care about them mm-hmm. and that you know what you're doing and that the stuff that you're going to prescribe is going to be helpful. That that starts them already on their their healing journey. Oh, yeah. Like you go and see someone for a, for a medical reason mm-hmm. and you have a good rapport with them and they tell you, don't worry. Yeah. You go, you know what, I feel a bit better. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, doc, you know, I feel <laughs> like this, this, it's a real thing. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. No, there's no, there's definitely. no doubt about it. And um, like sometimes I t- tell my patients to take the, the medication, the herbs with intention. It's like, think about what, what, why you're taking this. Like think about those areas. Like, try and tap into those things because like because like the things you're the things you're saying around this like subconscious like placebo um these things like i in in my mind i'm like justifying them with like western principles so it's like so like that like subconscious element you like that's your like autonomic nervous system so it's like your vagus nerve and other other nerves like that the control of a lot of the organs that you've got no conscious control over and um and like the like strengthening your your vagus nerve is is like what what gives it a lot of power to helping with those things heal themselves. So, so, so like if you're, if you're going to be doing yoga or breath work or, or meditation or whatever it is, but then also when you go and see that, that uh, practitioner, they're tapping into that vagus nerve by like having that good rapport, like telling you things are going to be all right, but then, but then backing up with the herbs and the actions and stuff like that. And, and then, and then even the herbs themselves, it's like the, the principle of, of most drugs and like be them herbal or pharmaceuticals. It's like, it's like either, suppressing uh suppressing the release of chemicals releasing more chemicals or influencing the amount of times those chemicals hang around for and most of those chemicals are already in either your brain or your cells or your organ tissues and it's just that release of those things and and this is i feel like some reason some some of the reasons why placebo does work to such a powerful extent is because like you're tapping into that that like subconscious process that happens on the like a cellular basis on like the basis of the organs and then the dynamic process between the organ systems and and like as it, it got it got summed up and highlighted really well in like a Darren Brown episode that I seen when I was younger and it's like stage show did all his is like crazy mind tricks and then get somebody on stage and he's like so what's your what's your poison of choice and the guy's like students he's like yeah I fucking love cider this is great this is my thing and he's like okay three two one bashes him with the mic and then he's like oh no 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 that's it he shows him a word he shows him a word hypnotizes him and then shows him words like every time you see this word you are going to be pissed out of your head on cider and then he shows him the word on stage and then he's like stumbling everywhere slurring his words all of the classic symptoms of being too pissed but like he looks like he's loving himself I'm um, not loving himself loving the situation um but then the hilarious bit was at the end of the episode, the running the credits, and then it shows like him secretly being filmed in uni, and then Darren like texts him the word again, and then he's like at the at the <laughs> library desk, like, and then all of a sudden he's like pissed, and he's just like can barely get out of his seat, and he's just like looking around and doesn't know what to do. It's it's hilarious, and and it just shows you that like like I feel like the the 
the drunk that you can get from different types of alcohol can be quite specific, but then really ethanol is ethanol. And it's going to give you those standard set of symptoms. But, but to like to have a switch in your brain that can give you that cider drunk or maybe even get you like high on MDMA or, or cocaine or whatever your poison of choice is, it's like you're just influencing the release the like the suppression or the amount of times these brain chemicals are hanging around in your brain because like those neurotransmitters are there. You're not you're not the the neurotransmitters that get released from most most drug use isn't in the drug. It's just influencing the the neurochemicals which are already in your brain ready to go. So yeah. So, 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 so if we could tap into that. Yeah. So that that was that was kind of what I was saying. Where I still I'm still trying to like crystallize this model of you've got this energy layer which you could tap into mm-hmm. and then you've got like the placebo and um homeopathy energy healing whatever that type of thing and then you've got herbs mushrooms sort of traditional mm-hmm. um natural plant derived um medications which will create these kind of cascading changes in the body mm-hmm. Which are which are, are like slightly blunter, and yeah. then you've got actual pharmaceuticals like aspirin with the stuff stuck on yeah, it that's yeah. going to rip your stomach to bits, which is even blunter. Yeah, and then you've got surgery. Yeah, I like just cut it off. So, so yeah, I like that. I like I like that that like pyramid of 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 an analogy, and it's good. And then like, but then there's there's this sort of dynamic relationship back and forth i think between the pharmaceuticals and the herbal medicines so so i like hinted about the schedule 20s earlier so so like i was just talking about one of my favorite ones to use personally and then that's that's for recreational use not for medicine uh, most of the time but there are there are herbs like um atropa belladonna uh, deadly nightshade that that uh has a chemical called atropine and then that with ephedrine is the two chemicals that get injected into you when you have a heart attack. So atropine is there to like um, start your heart and then the um, ephedrine is there to like increase your heart rate so to make it beat faster. So once it's going, it's, it's going again well. So so um, so both those chemicals are available to me within these two plants. And I could, if somebody had a heart attack, potentially try and do that. And like if I, did, if I failed, then there's, there's a risk of like malpractice on my hands. But... So yeah, so this is where it gets complex because it's like plants naturally vary in the amount of chemicals. So if you're looking at a super thin therapeutic window and that's what the Schedule 20s have, they have a really, really small therapeutic window. So if you're not dosing to that specific, highly, highly volatile area of dosing, then you could easily get it very wrong and and fuck your patients up. Um, So so, so yeah, so it's, it's... coming back to what I was saying earlier about that like acute and chronic so it's like when you're having a heart attack I'd much rather take somebody to hospital and get them injected with atropine and ephedrine in that very specific level because like even if I'm dosing standardly to like x amount of milliliters of my tincture which has however many grams of herbs per milliliter it's still going to vary so like crop to crop cycle to season to season all of these things like slightly change the level of certain chemicals within plants so so but that that does come back to like the acute nature of the thing mm-hmm. like the more acute it is the more i think that's where like western allopathic medicine is is strong like yeah. you have a oh, heart yeah. attack your arm got cut off mm-hmm. like you yeah, need yeah, you yeah. need the hospital <laughs> yeah. but 
you know, sometimes at night I get a bit short of breath mm. or, or, you know, like my knees have been killing me mm. when, when it's cold or whatever. You, this is, you don't want to go to the doctor. No, You're going to no, get no. steroid injections in no, your knees. Exactly. They're going to yeah, swell up. Yeah. Your fucking liver's going to pack up. Well, like it's going to cause all kinds of problems. This is my catchphrase. I've got herbs for that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got herbs for all of that. All of those things I've got herbs for, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's great. So it's like, yeah. And I, I think I was like, like for your knees example, like Boswellia is my favorite. I've got bad knees as well. And like both my parents got same injury in the same knee. So like I'm destined for, for knee, knee injury. So, so I'm preemptively taking um, Boswellia and that's like known as like Indian frankincense and then the, uh, the chemicals uh, Boswellic acid. So they're specifically really anti-inflammatory for your joints. So, so there's, there's, um, there's, uh, I get access to a, a few different like practitioner only supply chains. So, so then I, give those to my patients after they've had a consultation but so the boswellia complex that i take that's got uh boswellia turmeric ginger and celery seed and um they've all been standardized uh the a extracts are standardized so so they've got a certain amount of the active chemicals so boswellic acids in boswellia the each capsule i take i know that there's a certain amount of those boswellic acids in that capsule and um and yeah i think that's where you you get a lot more precise when it comes to more serious things is like if you start standardizing your extracts and like it's something that I'd like to work to work towards with my with my products but it's, it's something that financially is not viable. Yeah right so now. so so let's let's slightly change tacts mm. and talk a little bit about pharmaceuticals. Nice yeah. So so did you say you started about six, seven years ago? Then? So, yeah, so I started studying herbal medicine six, seven years ago. And then I was like living on, living on traveller sites uh, across London at the time. And um, like the beauty of that is that I wasn't paying rent. So I'm getting this like London loan. And I, I've always said it. I've always seen this like this like crazy trap that university is. It's like this like they like funnel the kids into it. They're like 18. They don't have a clue what they want to do. They're like, doesn't matter pick your career for the rest of your life right now have a 30 grand debt it's not it's not not for me to deal with that's for you to deal with and i always seen that so i was like it's like oh i at, at first i was like i'd never go to uni i'd just get a loan and, and start a business with that loan but then i was like hang on a second I, I get a loan with uni as well so if i'm not paying rent then i can just use that so i funneled essentially i was just funneling the excess that, that i wasn't spending on food and and fun into like building this foundation as a company and like i was saying i've been running bars for like 11 years at festivals now so um so when i came into the clinic and i'm getting like a little bit of experience because in the first year you don't even take the patients yourself you just observe the the third years and the supervising practitioners and a little bit the second years um taking the patients and i was like almost about half of these herbs i can see a recreational setting for these to be used in and whether that's like harm reduction enhancing your social experience or just like um, just like helping you to perform in better in different areas that you, you like to perform in in your social environment. I was like, this is this is ideal. And the main form of prescription in the clinic is tinctures, which are an alcohol extract of herbs for those that don't know. And it's, yeah, so you just put your herbs on plant matter for six weeks and then the solvent that is the alcohol extracts those medicinal compounds into the liquid so that when you take that tincture it's much easier to pass the um the barrier that is your stomach into your actual body because it's like one thing that i didn't really clock for a while until i started um herbal medicine is that is that like we are a bit like a donut 
So imagine a ring donut. You've got the ring around the outside, and that's your body. You've got a hole in the top and the bottom, and that's our mouth and our ass. So, so like quite often, unless we've got like enough like digestive fire or like the things that help us digest um, food and and other things better, then we can't quite often just like have put stuff quite expensive stuff as well. Put stuff in one end, and it just goes straight out the other. Um, so, so when you have your extracts in a liquid format, they're much more likely to pass into your body or into that donut, um, which which is great for these because like most most medicines that you're taking, they're like have it with food unless it will interact with something or like um, certain foods will stop absorption. Whereas these, you're quite often not having it at like dinner time. You're having it at like two a.m. at the rave and stuff like that. So, so you want to be able to absorb these things easily. So. Um, and yeah, so so instead of um, just going and creating products straight away, I um, I just started putting the tinctures in my cocktails. So adding more booze to more booze, and then like seeing the effects, it was great. And uh, and yeah, so I did that for a couple of years, and then like going through uni, getting better at my practices as a herbalist, and then like met a, f- a couple different herbalists along the line. Um, um, two that particularly helped me were Melissa Ronaldson and um, Paola Camacho. Uh, they, uh, Melissa runs um, the Stromfgel, which is like the Herbal Barge Co. Uh, so she runs a dispensary from a barge that she floats around London and she'll do like a lot of the floating markets and she's she's a brilliant herbalist. And like I, she's, um, comes from the traveler community as well and um, does like a huge amount of work with um, Herbalists Without Borders, which is, uh, just an initiative that's been set up to help the with like the various refugee crises out there. So they do like quite a lot of work with um, like Dunkirk and Calais jungle camps, and 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 they've actually I've tangenting again, but it's really interesting because they they've actually like developed one of the best relationships I've seen outside of Germany in terms of like paramedics and medical herbalists. So like the paramedics will send people that will be treated better by the herbalist to them and vice versa. So, so it's this great working relationship that's been born out of crisis really. Um, anyway, so that's, that's, that's some of the things that she gets involved with, but, but she, she's been involved with the festival scene for a long time and she had a party mix of tinctures and I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Uh, and she also has like this range of medicinal snuffs. So she's she's basically the first person since the Middle Ages um, to start using powdered herbal medicine without tobacco as like uh, an inhalant. So so like sniffing lines of this herbal medicine. And there's 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 a few different types. There's like one that's like just for like sinuses and polyps and like general nasal healthcare. But then there's like out of the five, like number three and five, like number three, she calls like gladdening, gladdening. So so like it makes you more glad, basically. So it's not it's not like like it's not going to get you buzzing but you're just going to feel gently a bit more happy so so that's that's nice and then you're also engaging in this ritual of like doing a line if if you like to do lines um uh and then snuff number five is like it really is like on some levels comparable with uh cocaine to be honest because it's it has this like endorphin release because there's like a very small amount of cayenne pepper and black pepper in there so it does give you this like little burn, but that in turn just like releases this like flood in, of endorphins of like because it's it's your body's reward chemical for surviving a survival situation. So you've not really survived much of an intense survival situation, but the reward is there and it's great. And and um, ritual is 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 just something that I'm quite passionate about. So anyway, so so I really respect what she did, and then I was like, oh, party mix, this is great. Um, 
like would you be would you would you mind if I sort of like replicated it in, in a different way and she's like no not at all because because like she's definitely not the first person to do a herbal medicine party mix and she definitely won't be the last and neither will I um but she is the first person to do the herbal medicine snuff. So she's like, yeah, don't touch that. That's my thing. Promote it, but don't touch it. Um, just as a plug, it's the uh, herbalsnuff.co.uk if anybody's uh, looking to get any. I'll put a link. I'll put a link in the show notes. Nice. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so, so she was like, she was happy for me to uh, replicate the party mixes in various ways. And then that's where Paola came in because um, I'd been asked to do an my first alcohol-free cocktail bar and like up until that point I hadn't even considered that like these herbs could be used without the alcohol mainly because I was using tinctures um so alcohol was obviously the solvent um but there's there's uh for herbalists that are prescribing to people that can't have alcohol because of addiction or religion or, or just personal preference um you vegetable glycerin is the solvent that we use to make uh, a tincture instead <clears throat> and call them glycerites and um so yeah so we formulated these four different um mixes of herbs in, in vegetable glycerin and we utilize those as the functional part in our alcohol-free cocktail bar. These are, these are the ones that are on your and website that's, that is yeah. yeah these are my products now but at the, at the time i was just like oh we just we just need to make something and we and because we didn't have I think we had a few weeks before the festival started. I was yeah, just over six weeks. So, and it takes six weeks to make them. So, so we had to like design them all, all from theory and like theory of like the chemicals, but then also like theory of flavor so that they, they'd actually complement the drinks as well. Cause Paola's a, a medical herbalist who studied at the same place I did. Um, but she, uh, oh, I forgot what my point is. <laughs> so, Run, um, run me just through the the, the four products that nice. you've got. <clears throat> so yeah, grab them. They're on um, the table. Because so I looked at the I looked at the website um, nice. a bit earlier. Because mm-hmm. um, and then I was speaking to him a bit at lunchtime, and he said he bought the the, the whatever it's called the the, the the full sack, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. The, with, the, with all four mm-hmm. in them. And he said he's been he's been playing around with them and experimenting with them. Nice. But, but run me through the the four that you do. The four and the effects, yeah. So 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 yeah, we've got four different ones. Uh, they're all alcohol free, and um, they are to be used either by themselves or mixed into drinks. Um, because like something that is unique with us versus anyone else making blends of tinctures that these taste really nice and and a large part of that is the vegetable glycerin because it has this natural sweetness to it um but uh it's 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 still a naturally occurring thing so so you've got your triglycerides of and um they've got they've got vegetable glycerin backbone or sorry glycerin because it could be for animal fats as well and then three carbon chains of varying lengths and um so you just cleave those off and then your vegetable glycerin is uh, the backbone of that fat chemical so 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 it has this really nice sweet taste but it's it's processed through oxidative phosphorylation which is like the krebs cycle like the sugar metabolism but for fat um so so the beauty of that is that it won't spike your blood sugar so so when you're using these in drinks you can add this little element of sweetness to it but you're not getting like the consequence of the sugar um so yeah tangents the tangents of taste goods yeah yeah so so yeah so social fluency this one number four uh this one is our most similar in action to alcohol so the herbs in there they actually act on the same uh receptors that alcohol does so they're called GABA receptors and like I don't know if you listen to GABA music but 
it's the opposite to what the GABA receptors do. So they, they like relax you. So like imagine like you've had like the longest, hardest day at work and you come home, you have that pint of beer, glass of wine, wherever it is. <clears throat> and you just like those physical men mental tensions that have built up, they just melt away uh, real quick. So, so it's like if you're looking for that sort of like relaxing end of the day, um, like drink feeling, then then this is really good. Um, it also like stops social inhibitions. Um, and what's really unique, um, if you're taking this into account with like some of our other competitors, is that there's herbs in there that stop overthinking. And I find that like like just like generalized overthinking is it's like a huge, huge like deterrent for people socializing like smoothly. And um because and, and I've seen this play out quite a lot, especially within my own social circles, in that like um because like I'm always the one to make drinks because I've got the skills. So I was just like, come and make some drinks. I'm like, yeah, sweet. And sometimes I'll ask them, sometimes I won't, um, what that what how they want to feel. So so quite often especially if it's like a mixed social group where like one one lot doesn't know the other so well and it's like not as gelled as as certain circles that i run in I'll, I'll quite often put the um the social fluency in there and like even though it's a relaxing herb like everybody just livens up because they're just like they've stopped wasting their energy on being anxious and like it's such a like yeah monumental drain on your on your ability to engage with everybody is like anxious anxiety kills your energy and like and like when i do ask people they're like how how are you feeling and how do you want to feel literally nine out of ten times people are like i need more energy i need more energy everyone always needs more energy and that's probably like a symptom of living in the west really but but yeah ironically a relaxing herb probably going to give you more air um energy in a social environment interesting um, so yeah, so and and like just 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 to finish up on that one, um, like it has a lot of the positive effects of alcohol, but none, uh, none of the down downsides. So like the main two things is that it won't affect your motor skills, so you won't be like slurring, you won't be stumbling around, and it also doesn't shut down your prefrontal cortex, and that's the bit that's the bit of your brain that cares about your actions. So you'll never wake up the next day just like going, oh my god, why why did I do that thing? That was the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life. What? What's wrong with me? Since, since the last one, <laughs> yeah, since yeah, the exactly. Weekend. And then you do it all again <laughs> next weekend. So, so yeah, so, um, so yeah, so I've just tried to like encompass the ups of drugs without the negatives or downsides. Um, so, so yeah, so leading on to the next one, all night long. This one um, has a few different uses in different scenarios. Uh, so, we found that if you take it in the bedroom, it's like a really nice, like relaxing and stimulating aphrodisiac. Um, so, yeah, it'll give you more energy but then it also like regulates your sensory input and like um sort of feeling overwhelmed by your environment can be like a large factor behind not being able to perform uh, in various aspects of the bedroom um but then what we found is that like if you take it in a social environment it's really good for just like developing connections so like connecting to yourself connecting to your mates um like when i go for like a rave and stuff like i i feel like it helps me connect to the music better and um and that's like partly partly just because like yeah it regulates your sensory input but then it 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 helps um with like a like a mild element of introspection so then that that brings it on to the like the third environment that that it can be utilized quite well which is like sort of in these introspective moments so like if you're doing like breath work meditation if you need to f like sit with yourself comfortably and be all right being in your own head which is like something i personally massively struggle with um then this can be like a great tool for that 
Um, so, so yeah, so so like with that connection element, it's got the connection element. Um, a lot of people even feel like a little loved up feeling and an increase of empathy. So, so on that level, it's a sort of gentle alternative to ecstasy. Um, but what it doesn't do is give you that big fat rush that comes with um, a, an upper drug like that. But if you are looking for something like that, the, the turbo tonic, which unfortunately I haven't got with me, I'm just going to pretend this bottle of sharp wits is the turbo tonic. But the turbo tonic is our our vegan alternative to cocaine, basically. So it it just gets you absolutely buzzing, and um, it's like it's a big statement to make. I understand that, and like a lot of people are skeptical about it, and then and then they try it, and I'm just like. It works, doesn't it? And that's why you haven't got it with yeah, sold yeah, out, right? Yeah, Everybody's yeah. Like, no, well, well, bottle. Biggest seller by far. There's no doubt about that. And um, and like, uh, well, yeah. So because like, I I I have I'm around a lot of different drugs and like people taking them and stuff. And it's like the first moment that I realised that it had that parallel with cocaine. It was like somebody had got overexcited <clears throat> at a festival and then took too much ketamine and then they started like when you take too much ketamine, you can often K-hole, which is like where you disassociate from reality. And um, and then, yeah, they they realized that they had to do some like official stuff in the festival production area. And like, the it was like fairly low tolerance to that drug in particular at this festival. So, so they were like, oh, they're going to chuck me off site. I don't know what I'm going to do. Dribbling on himself and stuff. And then I was like, gave him a big dose of this. It like pulled him out of the K-hole. He was like on form, went and chatted his shit in, in production. Like no one had a clue. He was off his head five minutes ago. So I was like, the only thing I've ever seen do anything similar like that is cocaine. And um, like I say at the beginning, it's, it's, it's vegan. And like not a lot of people realize, um, and especially a lot of vegans, to be honest, is like that cocaine isn't vegan. And um, it's because <laughs> it it's not something you think about. It's, it's a plant, obviously it's not vegan. But, but like I, I read an article in The Guardian that said that it's like, for every gram in the UK, yeah, for every gram in the UK, somebody's lost their life worldwide in the cocaine trade. So it's like... Wouldn't it's, it surprise me? No, yeah. it's, it's not surprising when you, when you think about it for a second, but it is surprising because it's just a plant. And I try not to tangent too much, but like, yeah, if you just regulated something like cocaine, then like you'd, you'd not only impact like a lot of the death, but then there's like a huge environmental impact that, that happens from like from the source to getting to where it needs to go. So, um, so like it'll get produced in the jungle and then, and then it'll have to come out through this like various waterways and tracks and stuff like that. And then they'll bribe all of the officials along the way so they don't get bothered. And then instead of, instead of just having that money or being able to invest it in legitimate things, they have to invest it in legal things. So they're like, cattle farming like illegal mining all of these things that are just like again huge impact on the environment could just be stopped if we regulated these substances yeah i mean th this is kind of back to a little bit like what what i was talking about earlier with the with the, the sort of pharmaceutical industry mm -hmm. i think i think as far as the sort of the, the drug illegal drug situation it's just another war, right? Yeah. We need, we need, we need and, at least three wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All but going all the time because yeah. you've got to have some enemies that we got to protect you from, right? And if yeah, it's, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's drugs or viruses with spikes on them mm -hmm. or Russians yeah. or Palestinians or whoever the fuck it is this week. Yeah. we got yeah. to have some... This is, this is why they will never legalise mm. and regulate yeah. drugs. Cause it's like a, it's like a, it's the gift that just keeps yeah, on giving, right? Yeah, I know, you know, I know people are gonna yeah. 
going to want to take them and you know people are going to grow them <laughs> and then we can have a war against yeah. whoever we like because oh yeah. yeah and then and then that that war is is a giant drain on on um Ice. carbon it's, carbon footprints because they're, like, they're sending jets out into the jungle and like burning this stuff down and like oh man it's, it's awful yeah no no not good so that's so, the turbo so, so that's the turbo tonic, yeah, the nation's favorite at the moment. Um, but like, <clears throat> and it was my favorite for a very long time. But then I think uh, over the last year, in particular, because we did about ten festivals back to back, plus all of the other trade shows and exhibitions and stuff, um, I realized that the Sharp Wits, number one in our range, um, is actually like a much more sustainable way to get this like high octane um, performance out of you and yourself and and. I'll come back to it in a minute about how this can be used in in sports and exercise as well. But um, so so in in its essence, it's a mix of um, cognitive enhancers and stimulating adaptogens. So cognitive enhancers um, act by increasing your blood flow to the brain, so relax the smooth muscle around those um, those arteries that are leading towards your brain. Because it's your brain is a crazy hungry organ. It takes it's like I think it's like two percent of your body weight but takes 20 percent of your resources so like and and calories right you yeah, see yeah, like yeah, these yeah, chess so yeah. players lose like three kilos oh wow playing. yeah that's yeah they, yeah, they lose never heard tons that. that's of weight really playing fascinating. a heavy match okay yeah, yeah it's nuts <clears throat> and yeah so yeah like you say yeah 20 percent 20 percent of your resources so like that's like nutrients fat carbs all of these things like that your brain is is eating that up fast so 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 yeah like with a lot of elements of herbal medicine like blood flows everything and if because if you've got the nutrients and they're not going to the right place then they're just being wasted so yeah by increasing that blood flow <clears throat> it just helps you like slip into this almost like flow state where you're letting your subconscious take over and you're just doing exactly what you do best without having to think about it too much um but like in terms of like how i'd use it medicinally is like is great for like memory learning and focus um all all of which are like great for anyone that suffers with adhd <clears throat> um so yeah so like a lot a lot of the people i work with over the summer are like heavily adhd and they all they all love this one in particular um but in terms of the adaptogens so adaptogens are just um herbs that help you adapt to like all forms of stress and there's like so many more forms of stress than we think out there um <clears throat> But this one, uh, so so like the three main ones that I always talk about is like mental stress, physical stress, and chemical stress. And like we don't we don't always think of um, like social environments as being a stressful place to be. But like the I mental do. stress, well, you do. All I right, do. fair fair play. You're a realist, obviously. <laughs> but like, yeah, the, the the mental stress from like chatting to everybody, like having all these like deep and difficult conversations. Physical stress from like dancing or whatever, and then the the chemical stress from whatever you're putting inside your body. And like, even if you're not consuming anything, like we live in London or like, unless you're living in the, the ultimate sticks, there's like, there's pollution and chemicals, chemical stress all around you at, at all points. But, um, <clears throat> so, so what, what adaptogens do is they don't suppress your stress response, but what they do do is help you return back to that baseline level of um, homeostasis afterwards. Um, and what can happen <clears throat> when you so so basically yeah, you you have a stress response it help your body is like okay i'm going to adapt i'm going to overcome and i'm going to survive and uh and every time you go into that stress response if it's not been very long in between them it's going to take you a little bit longer to return to that baseline level so it's literally like kind of exercising yeah yeah well that is stress that's physical stress yes, exercise yeah. is stress and it's so, your body yeah. Yeah. adapting to those those physical stresses and um and it's exactly the same with this and and if you same with exercise same with like mental stress as well so if you're in so much stress that 
you're in chronic chronically stressed then you're never going to return to that baseline level mm. and this is where adaptogens really come into play so they'll they won't suppress that stress response but what they will do is help you bounce back down to that like i've dealt with the with the stress the situation's over now i can just be relaxed and calm again and then that's where these help so um <clears throat> great mm. for social environments and we've got adaptogens in all of them except for the social fluency but what's really cool about the adaptogens in the sharp witch is that they act on your mitochondria instead of your central nervous system instead in terms of like giving you energy so um like in the west we we run on stimulants constantly we're like caffeine and everything else and like it's yeah i mean i don't i try not to have any <clears throat> caffeine nice so it's my, admirable my wife works for a coffee company <laughs> like speciality coffee oh god the temptation we've got we've just always got loads of nice coffee at home and she's always going off here and going off there and yeah. whatever but i mean i i find that if i have a coffee a couple of coffees in mm. a day i need a couple of coffees tomorrow yeah i need a couple of oh, coffees exactly the next day that. and if i don't have it i am mashed i literally i mean i don't know what it feels like when you have a stroke yeah i feel like i'm having a stroke yeah fuck man yeah, yeah. I, i'm so like monged i literally <laughs> feel like oh my god like so there's something wrong with me like my, yeah my blood pressure or i don't know like but it's it's that short-term gain isn't it it's the short-term gain that that again we're looking at western culture it's that it's that silver bullet i need instant now effects and like you don't look even like an hour and a half into the future with, with caffeine which is that big crash you get so you get that high and then you get the big crash afterwards yeah. and then the next day i mean I, accentuated. I, I literally would use it <clears throat> So like I don't compete very much, mm -hmm. but if I compete, I will have a small bit of coffee, maybe like forty-five minutes before I nice. compete, yeah, because yeah. It's, it feels like That's I'm supercharged because yeah. I never drink it. It is a drug, and this is this is what people forget. And like yeah, so yeah, it would be. I mean, I'm I'm my 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 brain is really like kind of firing away mm. at at because of of all four of those products. They they seem like there's elements there that would be really good for exercise yeah. and specifically for jujitsu. Yeah. So the the thing with jujitsu is like, so I was talking to Ibi about this um, at, at lunchtime. He's reading a book at the moment. He said called Catching Fire or something or other okay. about getting into flow state. Okay. Wow. Cool. How to get into flow state for how different. <laughs> people do it and how different athletes do it or musicians do it or whatever yeah. but <clears throat> the thing with jiu-jitsu is that on the one hand it's very physical mm -hmm. so you know you're there is no striking but you're fighting someone yeah so you can be outputting maximum effort 100 percent mm -hmm. effort for short periods of time yeah in between maybe 20, 30, 50, 60% effort in between. So mm -hmm. there's a scramble, you're trying yeah. to get position, you you land somewhere, you're both trying to consolidate, you're trying to tuck things away, whether then someone moves or whatever. So it's you have this you have this quite sort of intense physical battle, which maybe most rounds maybe five minutes, the black belt rounds are ten minutes. But mm -hmm. say let's say between five and ten minutes. You may, if, if it's a sparring class or the end of a normal class, you might do, let's say, between five and ten rounds mm. with maybe like a minute or two in between. So in that sense, it's a bit like kind of interval training. Yeah, You're yeah, fighting, yeah. you rest, change partners, you <laughs> fight mm. again, whatever. So there's, there's that element of kind of being able to go for, for an hour or an hour and a half. But 
within that physical kind of situation, there's a there's a mental component mm-hmm. because it's it's problem solving and puzzle solving. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, say yeah. it's like physical chess. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. So you're you're I'm trying to trick you into doing things and you're uh-huh. trying to trick me. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to yeah. see where's your weight and where's my weight and grips and this mm-hmm. and that and the other. So there's a real like mental sort of um component to it. And then there is also like this kind of flow state thing, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like that social ease, being able to just yeah. sort of switch into yeah, I'm just I'm just here to roll. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the SoCal jujitsu guys yeah. smoke weed and I roll, was right? Just thinking because they're yeah, like, got... I, I tried eating these gummies. I had a I had a guy on the uh-huh. podcast who does. Um, uh, psilocybin chocolates okay, nice, and also yeah. cannabis gummies <clears throat> mm-hmm. and he left me some gummies and I was like I'm going to be like Nate Diaz today yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't take I don't smoke any weed okay, nothing yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like with the coffee I was like fuck it I'm going to eat a gummy yeah, yeah. so I ate this gummy and my wife How trains as well I'm really interested to hear it, I enjoyed it okay, yeah. but I got utterly smashed Yeah. so my wife trains as well uh-huh. we, we put a little we built a little mat in our garage during the lockdown okay yeah um so we were, it was, I can't remember what it was. It, we're going to roll tonight, Thursday mm-hmm. night, whatever. So I, I ate one of these gummies and it was about an hour and a half. And I was like, didn't really do nothing. Mm-hmm. And then like literally her key went in the door and I was just like, oh man, I feel like really floaty <laughs> and like kind of happy and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it, let's go roll. And man, I just lay around on the mat. Yeah. I think I've still got photos somewhere yeah, on my phone so funny, yeah. of like, I just can't be bothered to really yeah. do anything. Like, you know, she's tapping me tapping me normally yeah. you're like no i don't want to get i don't want to get this submission or yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah i don't care it makes you happy to like do nothing or be defeated yeah and, like, so that think, wasn't really yeah, there's not in, and i, I think it for. comes to the individual when it when it's that sort of thing because it's like i'm just thinking about myself in that situation it's just like the way that i use cannabis is like to sleep mostly like i like either sleep or just to be happy doing nothing because i've got like a yeah. overactive mind and like it is constantly going and if i'm not if I'm not going to smoke a spliff, then I'm not happy to just sit, chill out and yeah. do nothing. So yeah. so I do use it as a tool and I, I understand there's there's downsides to that. But f- so what I was thinking is like, I've got a friend who, who also, um, he, oh, forget which, I think he's just mixed martial arts um, that he trains in. But like, yeah, he smokes a massive spliff and he just like, he's that sort of person that is too tense and just gets into that relaxed, like flowy, like, something that's not conducive to a fighter and it's like something that gets into the heads of your opponent and and i've seen it i've seen him like go against people and he's just like flowing around and like so relaxed and they just don't know how to play it and um yeah. but yeah he's an interesting guy he um yes yeah, so, but I'm, i mean i'm i'm kind of wondering whether there's a you know some either either by using one of these which is most suitable or mm. combining a couple together or whether yeah. there's a way to make another formula mm-hmm. which is like, li- like, I was saying to Ibi, like literally like the jujitsu formula. Yeah, Like yeah, a yeah. bit of a stimulant, <laughs> a bit of a flowy thing, a bit of a... I think I think the, the sharp wits is, is is the one that is is best for like sports people, anyone who's got to like do performance, that's like sales, like talks public speaking teaching all of these things where it's like you've got to use like a lot of different elements and like where they're both like physical and mental or sometimes just physical just mental or just physical um 
it's the one that goes across the board. And like, like I, was, I was just sort of saying, it's like the, the fact that it acts on your mitochondria instead of your central nervous system to give you energy, that's like something that isn't seen within any sort of pharmaceuticals. And it's something amazing. And, and it's well different to a normal stimulant. So like you saying about the coffee and like you feel it like it should be felt because it is a, is a stimulant that gets you buzzing. So, so you do get that like, like jittery, like overexcited, like very much quick to like make that decisive action and, and do the thing. Whereas like with, um, with, um, with the mitochondrial stimulation, it's just like this deep sort of like set energy that just burns for ages, man. Like a lot of people say it lasts for up to about four hours. I say about two, two plus hours for myself, but like you get that high and then it just gently returns you back to that baseline baseline level so so yeah so because got... the other the other problem with actual stimulants coffee mm. or whatever is that a lot of people and usually i do train in the evening yeah so if yeah, you're having like a double espresso night. at eight o'clock <laughs> at night it's i mean if you're a heavy coffee drinker it ain't so bad yeah if i take that i no, no three o'clock no in the morning i'm, I'm still yeah. sitting up in bed yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah exactly so yeah something that's got maybe like a two three hour window mm -hmm. and then just kind of gently rolls off so I de i'm definitely going to try some of these it's, and, i'm, and I'm interested to what's also great is that, that like mitochondria they keep running when you sleep like they don't actually get in the way of you falling asleep so like um when i'm at events and festivals especially i don't often know when like the last exciting thing to be at is going to be so like i'm like oh, i'm getting tired oh, i need a boost but what if I go, what if like the tunes finish in like five minutes and then I'm just like wired and like haven't got anywhere to go. So, so like that's where I use like sharp wits the most. It's like, it's, it keeps me up, but then it's not affecting my ability to actually go to bed. So like I can, and I can still fall asleep. The, on it. the other thing that's, that, that's <coughs> in, interesting about that, I don't know whether you're aware of it or this is a known effect or whatever, but I, I remember when, when I was younger, so I used to, I used to read like all the bodybuilding magazines. Mm -hmm. And there was this phase with pro bodybuilders, a lot of them died, where okay. they were taking these, um, like, it was some kind of pesticide. Interesting. Okay. As a, as a weight loss drug. Oh, wow, yeah. So basically what this pesticide did was it, it uncouples the governor on the mitochondria. Okay. Yeah. So they just start fucking wow. firing off. Yeah. So if you if you good. take too much, <laughs> <That's not good. laughs> you die. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. this pesticide that for in in some way that's mm. what it would do to the insects. It would cause it. them to overheat and, and die. Like, but these bodybuilders wow. were taking it because you could you could cut down to like you know 0.1% yeah, yeah, body yeah, fat yeah, because insane. the mitochondria are, ju are just burning. Wow. But and, and I wonder whether with with that whether there is any kind of diet good question sort of good question and like yeah there, there, there is so so, so it, it's not only increasing the production of ATP but it's also um, regulating the oxidative um, stress that's created through ATP production so so in that way that it's like it's boosting that that like overdrive from the factory but it's also like getting a big cleaning crew in as well to like make sure there's still no mess whereas like. The, that chemical that the bodybuilders are taking like it's like production is is peaking from the factory but like the mess that's building up yeah. in those factories it just means it all collapses and like and like what's quite interesting is like is like um <clears throat> the more i've learned about mitochondria is it seems like they are a much better indicator of your of your age <clears throat> than chronological age and yeah. um 
and there's yeah, so many things you can do. Mitochondrial health, right? yes. I've heard a bit, of stuff and I'd about love this. to get mine tested, but I just haven't had the opportunity yet. Yeah, I think I think one of the one of the things that that supposedly is good for for regenerating mitochondria and everything mm-hmm. else is fasting. Yeah, prolonged yeah, exactly, fasting, yeah. the A to P, you know, cleaning out mm-hmm. all the all the crap. So yeah, you get this deep cellular reset. That's, yeah, it's like it's not you're not able to go into that state without a fasting for a certain amount of time. Um, so, so yeah, so, and like in terms of, I was just thinking about how, how those chemicals, the, the pesticide chemicals are working. It's probably because <clears throat> you've got, you've got your DNA, um, which is like obviously used to replicate and pr- produce new cells and like the bits of your cells that get broken down and, and then, um, on your chromosomes, which is just, you know, neatly folded up DNA and you've got these caps called telomeres and, um, and it's the, 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 the health or like the length of these telomeres that's right that, they shorten that, as you yeah exactly age. yeah as you age yeah. and and yeah. it's in it's in it's yeah in general it's as you age but then it's it's got an intricate relationship with um levels of telomerase which is the enzyme which um like is is like generally thought to just break it down <clears throat> but it the, the studies have also shown that it's like if it's in two lower levels it causes damage and if it's in two higher levels then it will cause damage and and in that sweet spot. So I'm just, I'm just thinking it's like quite likely what's happening with that pesticide is that it's just attacking, uh, like making the, attacking the overdrive of energy production from the ATP, which means they're wearing out quicker, which means they need to be replicated quicker. And then each time they're getting replicated, that's wearing down your telomeres a little bit to the point where they can't be replicated. And it's probably going to, I, I think, them. I think also <laughs> it was like people were, were literally overheating. They were wow. literally going to, you know, yeah. 45, 50 wow. degree, body temperature and got ice <laughs> up their ass and then yeah ain't you know you're not well. cooling down but they i mean pro bodybuilders and that was probably the i don't know the 90s or mm. whatever I and mean, they're they're crazy people anyway, yeah right? yeah, they're yeah. Injecting the, the men of extreme men and women what? of extremes yeah definitely. yeah 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 um cool so um so the the um what's the what's the website is is it uh, karma so karma hyphen suticles karma hyphen suticles dot dot uk Topco.uk, yeah. yes. And yeah, you yeah, got yeah. you got those four products. So those four products are on there, yeah. And um we also run like cocktail bars, be that like for events, for private things. Um yeah, we we provide a solution, whether that's alcoholic or alcohol free as well. And then um we're actually just gonna be launching this summer a new service which is like a corporate wellness package. So so like if you're if you have a company and you have a lot of workers and like like we all live Again, I said this so much. We all live in the West and like burnout is such a prevalent thing. And um, yeah, the 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 consequence to your business when you're when your best workers get burnt out from working too hard for your business is that you're just going to lose out massively. So so again, like we were saying earlier, it's the the preemptive like um, prevention is better than the cure. And uh, so so yeah, so we'll we'll take on like X amount of your top workforce, and then we'll give them a consultation, um, tailor their prescription um, <clears throat> for not only what's going to be relevant for them as an individual for their work and social life, but then also what um, you and your company and your goals are like looking at developing. So so there's a yeah, we'll be attending the corporate wellness expo in NEC at some point this year. And will that <clears throat> will people be able to connect for that through the website? There will be a link when it's live. Yeah, nice. And and with the with the bar service, mm-hmm. 
geographically, what's the what's the reach of that? Um, well, if you want to pay our travel, we'll come anywhere. Okay. Like international, national, wherever it is. But but yeah, there'll be a price attached to that with how the, far. The more we're based, tropical the better. We're based in, well, I'm based in North London. I have a few of my crew dotted over the UK. Um, but yeah, in general, we can come to you. Uh, but what we don't do is like we don't do a cash bar. So, so it's like you, you'll prepay for the bar. We'll, we'll wholesale you drinks. Then gotcha. we'll just serve them for you all night. We'll teach everyone about the herbs. We'll make them have loads of fun. And then, oh, actually, there's there's one element I didn't didn't touch on with the all night long is that there's um, a great like harm reduction element with this when it comes to drinking alcohol. So if you have this alongside your alcohol, it um, <clears throat> the herbs in there protect your brain and your liver, which are the two organs that get rinsed the most by booze consumption. Um, but it also uh, specifically upregulates phase two liver detox. And you've got two phases of detoxification in your liver to process the chemicals which, which we consume or the hormones or whatever um, <clears throat> into a format that you can excrete easily. So uh, when you consume alcohol, phase one turns it into like its most inflammatory form, uh, which will... Uh, the systemic inflammation that comes from that leads is one of the factors that leads to your hangover symptoms. Um, so what what the herbs in here does is upregulates phase two, clearing out that uh, that really harmful chemical, which is quite similar to formaldehyde in uh, chemistry chemi chemistry speaking. Uh, and then yeah, just like reduces your hangover symptoms. And like, I, I'll go hard some like I'll go for a whole bottle of spirits for myself some nights. And like if I'm taking that with it the next day, like nine out of ten times I feel proper fresh, which is which is great. So, so yeah, so we'll make sure you have fun in the moment, but then we're also going to be looking after you the next day nice. when we're not even there. Lovely. Um, <laughs> and social media, you, are you mainly on Insta? Mainly on Instagram, yeah. TikTok, just launching. It's, a, it's an avenue with um, utilising AI. with Because it's, it's hard. I'm sure, I'm sure you know as a host, it's, it's hard to like project like confidence and be that like cool, collected self um, when you're recording things like both like visually and, and on audio is, is difficult to be that because like we've all got shit going on in different places of our life um so anyway yeah so i'm just using utilizing like that ai voice generation which has just come into a point where it's actually not so annoying to listen to so that i can educate people in a more engaging way because yeah <clears throat> education oh, is, is something that i'm personally super passionate about most like yeah a lot of different reasons one of the biggest reasons is that the degree that I did was the last science degree in herbs in the UK. And then they discontinued it a year after I started, which is like something that I was actually sort of meaning to touch upon is like the sort of like suppression of this education. And, and like, there's a lot of like very clear and very unclear ways at which they're coming at it. But like in, in the past five years, like any sort of herbal medicine education has like just, fallen off the face of the planet in the uk specifically <clears throat> and even ones that aren't like medical in their essence so like i've got a friend um who did a, a master's in science uh master's in plant chemistry and product design which is like that's not even you're not making medicine there you're not you're not like threatening this pharmaceutical industry but then but then they've come into ucl and been like if you shut this course down we'll give you like almost unlimited funding to all the other science and tech courses it's, so it's crazy it's, it's, it's horrible crazy. so anyway education big factor watch this space i will at some point be launching like an equivalent uh to khan academy i don't know if you ever come across that it's like oh. just great audio visual platform like it's like a like a digital blackboard and then they they explain out the processes so you can see it happening as well as like listening to it cause, and and in terms of like 
especially like young people with the short attention span, all of that. It's like, I need to be adapting to the times and the people and the way that they consume the information. So, so again, like TikTok, it's not, it's not my go-to platform at all, but I think it's going to be a powerful tool in terms of like educating. Yeah. And like, it definitely gets news. massive traction. I don't <clears throat> use it, but mm. I mean, everyone says to me, you need to go on Yeah, TikTok. yeah, I know, no, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still apprehensive about doing it, but I'm just like, okay, it's a tool. I'll use it as a tool. Yeah. Hopefully it'll do good, more good than bad. And yeah, it's yeah. intentions, isn't it? What yeah. we're doing with yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so is there anything else I should have asked you that I didn't ask uh, you? Well, no, not at all. Not at all. You were great. You, you've asked all, all the great questions. I suppose like in terms of like stuff that I want to talk about and just like in the back of my mind, it's like something that I, I don't know why I didn't touch on, but like trauma. Trauma is like a huge personal thing for me. Like uh, we've, we've all been through trauma. I've got my own. It's fine. It's like, well, I'm slowly slowly trying to process it and like come to terms with it be be more comfortable with being myself and being in my own skin um but like what's fascinating in terms of trauma is that it's it's intricately related to <clears throat> our recreational habits so like so like not every uh not every addict i oh know not every person that experiences trauma becomes an addict but every addict um has had a lot of complex trauma and it, and it's uh gabo mate i'm 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 is is the guy that I'm really hailing from in this knowledge, and he 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 practiced um, in Vancouver, I want to say, um, and that's that had like this the highest rates of of needle use in in the world at the time. So so he's got a great book called uh, The Realm of the Hungry Ghosts, which I, I recommend to anyone um, who's interested in this topic. <clears throat> um, but yeah, he was the first person to really like put together um, trauma and addiction and. Um, and then and he's also like doing great work to sort of like break down those like taboos and misconceptions around addiction and like because it's something that i'm personally passionate about is that like it's like that trauma that you've experienced that's manifested as an addiction it just depends how society sees that addiction and it's like if you've got a socially rewarded addiction like exercise or work or some other things like that then like society says, well done, you're doing a great job. But like, actually you're just dealing with like complex trauma and you, that's your way of expressing it. But it's, it's a socially ex rewarded one. Then you've got your socially accepted ones, like social media, shopping, other things like that. And then you've got socially taboo, like <clears throat> drugs, sex and everything else. So, so it's like, I think that I'd like to see a lot less prejudice towards addiction <clears throat> and a lot more understanding to the, like the different ways it's manifests because like, and like, like we're, none of us are infallible. We all like <clears throat> we all catch ourselves like having like dismissive thoughts or like slightly prejudiced things towards like people that have a socially unacceptable addiction and like <clears throat> especially when it comes to like people on the street, you've got like beggars and and like people just like yeah, trying to make their way through life and <clears throat> and like you walk around London and you see that and like nine ninety-nine percent of people do not even like look at that person and like <clears throat> That must be so dehumanizing. I always like, think like that could be me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily stop, or I don't necessarily buy mm. them something, or I don't necessarily give them no, money. No, sometimes no. I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I always, whenever I see people, not not even just homeless people, just anyone who's just up shit street, down on their luck. Yeah, I, yeah. I always have this feeling of like, fuck, man, like, it's so easy. Yeah, because if you few, ever stop few to talk different to decisions, so many similar like lines of like life, and like like you say, yeah, a few of those decisions, and that's it. You're down and yeah. out. And um, <clears throat> and again, like 
I'm not perfect. Like I do ignore them sometimes and like I do like have like little intrusive judgmental thoughts and, and like, it's, like I, I squatted for a while as well and that, that like <clears throat> I was technically homeless at that point but it's like a very like proactive form of homeless where you're like going and finding a place to stay and like I always thought it's like why are none of these people squatting and it's a lot hard now because it's only um, commercial buildings that you can squat. Yeah, that's um, since like reading Gabo Mate stuff and, and things like that, it's like it's like trying, I always will at least sometimes try and break that sort of like dehumanization that a lot of people on the streets and anyone who's down on the luck will go through on like a minute by minute basis every single day of their life. And and it's just like, just acknowledging them. It's like, it doesn't matter if you don't give them something, you don't buy them some food, but just like say hi and like, and like just, yeah, acknowledge that that person is a person with real feelings and emotions and like is having to still live. And like, there might have been a drug that facilitated it. There might not have been. And like, it's, it's not our place to judge in those, in those, positions so so yeah be kinder everybody be kind <laughs> yeah. all right let me let me ask you a couple of quick questions Go that have got it. nothing to do with what we've been talking about nice um if you were trapped in a tv show for a month mm. what would you choose Ooh. oh god <laughs> um yeah not gonna lie my subconscious instantly just jumped to pornhub to be honest but um no that's not my answer uh so what would i do oh probably some sort of survival show i'd like because like i've been in various degrees of survival situations and like i'm always fascinated by how it's how i'd cope with that cool okay um if you could have dinner with anyone living or dead who would you choose oh not to go down the same line but to be honest i'm just fanboying over Gabo Mate at the moment so I'd, I'd love to have the opportunity to sit down and have like a really good conversation with him um yeah there, there might be an opportunity at some point in the next year or so because uh, there's there's a there's a, like an elite retreat um uh, nice. thing called Harvest which I'm like slowly trying to work my way into to do some drinks and stuff for them because they yeah health and wellness and they always drink and stuff but anyway he's a resident speaker there so that would be my Beautiful. dream and it might okay. even come true. Mix him a cocktail and have a chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly that. Yeah. Nice. Um, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? Oh, uh, <clears throat> cultivate resilience. It's like, yeah, we all go through so much adversity and, um, and yeah, it's hard to get knocked down. But when you're resilient, then it's all, all about your ability to like pick yourself up, carry on, do things again and again and and don't just like weigh yourself down and they, they actually did some really good um resilience studies in my uni um and one of the more poignant ones that i seen was like um they put this little ear clip that was measuring um if they were in fight or flight um so parasympathetic or rest and digest and uh so it's sympathetic it's sympathetic yeah no, opposite way around. Sympathetic, fight, fight or flight, flight is right? sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I always get them mixed up. Anyway, rest and digest, all fight and flight, and um, and then there's a little graph of like red or green of what what they're in, and and it's like they give them to all these like high stress job and lifestyle people, and um, <clears throat> and the like decisive factor to whether they'd be in rest and digest dominance or fight and flight dominance whilst they slept, which is your resilience building restorative time, is like the main factor was that is that if they engaged their rest and digest even for like 10 minutes before bed at some point before bed then then most of their sleep was in that 
restorative uh, dominance. So, um, <clears throat> so the great story that came with that, like facts and figures study, was like there was like this business guy who'd um, read to his grandkids for just ten minutes. So he just like they're going to bed, reads them, reads them a ten minute story, and you can see that it goes in green on the thing, and then it goes back to red because he'd go back to work for like a few hours before he actually goes to bed, and then when he when he goes to bed, it's like fully like restorative whereas like the people that didn't do that little ritual that little like grounding piece of um engagement that 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 helps them like be who they are and like know that they're a person behind all of the stress <clears throat> is what helps you be more resilient nice last question uh you can have 10 million pounds right now Ooh. in cash but you're being chased by a snail if the snail touches you you die a horrible death the snail cannot be stopped. The snail cannot be killed. The okay. snail knows where you are at all times and nice. it has only one purpose, <clears throat> which is to get to you. Would you take the money? And what happens if it gets you? You die a horrible death. You die death. a horrible death. Oh, fuck that. But um, 10 million pounds, man. Like, uh, But it can't be stopped because, yeah, that's your instant thing. It's like living in a salt factory. Um, but no. Okay. Uh yeah, I'm game. And it can just move at the rate of a normal snail. snail. Yeah, yeah. Because like, even if you've got like, even like you're in like a horse-drawn cart or something, you're still going to be outrunning that. If you keep moving and like, like yeah, I love the traveller community. I love moving. I've like, this where I'm, where I'm at in London now is the first place I've actually lived in one place for about 10 years um, before uh, before moving in there. So, so, yeah. Take the money. Take the money and keep moving. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in. My pleasure. It's been mate. an it's awesome been conversation. Great. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I was a bit nervous, as we always are before stuff like this, but you smashed it. Yeah, no, super cool. Like I'm gonna right. I'm gonna order some of that stuff. And nice. guys, if you're listening, <clears throat> if you want to try some karma dash suticles. Yes, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Put the link. Uh, we'll, we'll add um, discount code as well. So white basement fifteen for fifteen percent off. Awesome. So yeah, you can try some of this stuff. You can get some uh, get some money off. I'm going to try all of these certainly for uh, jujitsu and see what's what, and I'll uh, nice. I'll dish them out to Report all the guys back and as well. yeah, yeah, see yeah. see see how everybody finds them. So uh, yeah, thank you very much My for coming. My pleasure. And also, if anybody amazing. just has any questions, if you're passionate about health, fitness, like recreation, addiction, anything, just reach out. I, like, I'm always happy for a chat. So, so yeah, talk to me. Yeah, I'll so talk back. either on the website, contact. Yeah, or, my, my number's on the Insta. website. My email's on the website. Yeah, just get at me. Uh, uh, Beautiful. I'll try not to hide too well. Lovely. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys for listening. If you made it all the way through, I know everyone's time is precious. So thank you for spending a couple of hours with us. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're leaving us comments and feedback. A uh, new episode comes out every Tuesday, 5 a.m. And we'll catch you next time. If you don't deserve my love, you won't get it, no credit. me over once and regret it, yeah, I said it. Feelings and emotions, I can shed it, re-edit. I'm running from my past, yeah, a legacy.